Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnix. Day two, Tuesday, Radio Row coverage in Las Vegas. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage brought to you by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Day two already. You sound like you're already losing your voice. I don't know. I've got, uh, I had some uh, chicken wings. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Day two of, well, uh, first off, I mean, we have eaten like crap since we have been here. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, last night, the big NFL opening night, which I have been to every year, and it's always a lot of fun. Ain't going to lie, last night sucked. That wasn't so good. It was different, that's for sure. I mean, it was the third one I've been to since I joined San Antonio uh, Sports Star. But, yeah, that one was uh, probably not as good as the other two. Well, the organization (laughs) of it, and uh, not to bitch too much about having to walk 87 miles to, to get somewhere, you know, in the rain, downstairs, blah, blah, blah. Being on the field was cool. But the way they had it set up, and it was the first time they've done it at the actual stadium in, in a long time. You know, last couple of years it's been in a basketball arena or something a little bit more convenient, accessible. But even the way they would do the player interviews, unless you were right there, you couldn't hear them. And over the, over the stadium speakers when they would put, like, you know, Travis Kelsey on, the microphone sounded like a 1987 McDonald's drive through window, like Charlie Brown was ordering a damn Big Mac. Yeah, it wasn't good. And I tell you what, it was what, what's interesting about that stadium, Allegiant Stadium, from the outside it looks ginormous. But when you walk in, it's like I was kind of underwhelmed a little bit. Because, you know, you go to Jerry World. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ginormous outside. And then you walk in, and it's still huge. And so it's uh, it, it, was, it was a little... Uh, a little underwhelming, if you will, once we stepped inside there. Pretty cool to be there, though. It, it is cool. Now, I've, I've been to a Metallica concert there, and, and it was it was impressive for that. And the seats that we had, there was bar access. And so, I mean, it, it's got some nice uh, amenities to it. But, again, the way they had it set up, um, the, the media workroom, which we are there to work, was it uh, uh, was, was was on the three hundred level, 
which is where the food is, more importantly. Right. So right. Uh, now to give you an idea, uh, Vegas time, we get off work at 4 o'clock, so imagine 6 o'clock San Antonio time. The event starts 7 o'clock San Antonio time. We straight from here, shuttle over there, although I think where the shuttle dropped us off, it might have been easier to walk from the Mandalay Bay no to doubt. the stadium and not mess with the damn bus. But the food sucked. It was um, bad. You know, I, I mean, Rob Thompson and R.J. Ochoa, <laughs> um, they both got plantations. You mean the professor and Mort? Mort, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, we're not going Morte. You're not fancy salt. You're just regular salt. Um, <laughs> salty. Uh, but the, they both thought they were wings. And so the, it, it, it literally we're at a table eating together. Rob. What the hell is this? This shouldn't feel right. This isn't a wing. I mean, oh, damn, it's a plantation. Well, that's not what I wanted. And he threw it down. It's a plantation. And, and, and then, like, <laughs> like, 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 what was it? <laughs> it called a plantain. It's not a plantation. But, but he said plantation. I know Rob was hungry last night, but I don't think he ate a plantation. Well, a couple minutes later, like, this just happened. Here's RJ. He drops, dro- bites into his. What the hell is this? This isn't a wing. What? Like, we just had this conversation. Uh, it, yeah, was, it, it was, was it, it was awful food. Look, and nobody out there listening is feeling sorry for us. And so you should. And you shouldn't. It was it was fun being there. It really was. Um, you know, some things could have been better, but it w- it was fun tonight. Well, we got a little media party to go to. Yeah, the media party will be a lot better. But I want to finish last night because everybody thinks you're out here and you're living the high life, especially because it's Las Vegas. The food at this thing sucks so bad that when we got to the house. And we were trying to figure out what we were going to do. Rob had a DiGiorno's in the oven, right? And and so we've been in Vegas since Sunday. We've had Nathan's hot dogs. We've had our lunch has been wings both days. And yeah. they're, they're, they're good Quality. wings. Yeah, yes, yeah yes, they're, yes. They're, they're good wings. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure what was at the stadium. None of it was good. And we have had DiGiorno's pizza. The chips and salsa were good last night. I had that. That was my dinner. A little chips, had some green salsa that was it was good. So that that's what I had. When the vegetarian or vegan flauta now, those was, were good too. was the best ones. thing yeah. that they were serving, you realize how low the bar was yeah. on the food. <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you though, and I'm I'm impressed. I didn't even know I could do this. Got my watch on and it tracks your steps. Uh-huh. Almost twenty six thousand steps yesterday. <laughs> So I'm impressed, right? We looked that up. It's about six some point something miles yep. that we walked between uh, here and then over there and, and everywhere. Anyway, it was a lot of walking. Now keep in mind, we sit and talk for a living. So right. us getting six miles a day is ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. We're not equipped or, or in shape for that. No, and I didn't know that watch would go up that high. But I'm thinking, well, this is great. So I, I called my wife last night thinking I'm going to get a little sympathy. <laughs> Honey, you'll never believe what happened. I I, I 26,000 steps. She said, but that's great. Good for you. That's all. You ought to do that every day. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's like six some odd miles. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, well, I got to go. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I yep. was, I was dis- disappointed. No sympathy at all. No, yeah. You know, you know what my wife said? Well, maybe this will kickstart getting you back into walking since you're going to be used to it. Jeez. Yeah, get better because I, I used to be very consistent. I've fallen off. I need to get back into doing it. My wife, no sympathy. She's like, well, this will be a good kickstart for you to, yeah, apparently to, so, to get so. that going. 
Well, I won't ask for sympathy again. No. That's what I'm saying. Nobody listening, watching us feel sorry for, you know, our bad food last night or our chicken wings today or, or whatever the case may be. So glad you guys are listening, though. That's It's awesome. It is day two, and uh, this place is crowded. Yeah, it, it is crowded, and, and I guess Vegas a little bit more crowded earlier than what you normally see, which makes it a lot of fun. But like you said, I mean, we're in a convention center. They all look the same no matter what city you're in. But everything on the outside, like I don't know that Rob Thompson has actually seen the sun since since we landed. Now, part of that, the weather here sucks. The sun hasn't been out. But, you know, those boys are getting up at 2 in the morning to come to work. And, and then they'll go home, nap, and then we'll be ready for the big media party tonight. And which R.J. Ochoa says... Yeah, I get up at 2 a.m. I'm not drinking a drop tonight. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Well, good. Yeah, not a beer? All more, right, maybe a beer. Yeah, more for the rest of us. So, he just volunteered to drive is all I heard. Oh, Because we were right. planning to Uber, but we did get a parking pass. So, you know, and Swampy, who's still at the dentist, a- I think. Apparently so. I mean, his dentist appointment was at 7 a.m. 7 a.m. this morning. 7 a.m. dentist appointment. Yeah. So, and, and he texted you, what, about 10? He was still in the chair. It's... It's 12 now out here in Vegas. I know it's 2 o'clock in San Antonio. But I hope the guy survived. I mean, I haven't heard from him in a couple hours. Well, that or he's decided, I'll tell the boys who are in the chair, I'm going home to take a nap. Well, probably so. That's what I would do. That would be a vet move. Yeah. That, and that, get it done. That would be a, a vet move for sure. So much to go over today here on Radio Row. Coming this way, the guy that owns Circa Dude, Las Vegas. About this, man. The guy that owns Circa Las Vegas. His name is Derek Stevens. His Twitter handle says Blackjack and Business. Nice. Yeah. He joins us next here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star? He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. In Las Vegas, our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Road coverage presented by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Day two for us, and I'm excited about this as soon as we can get headphones on. This Derek is, Stevens. Uh, yeah, this is yes. Las Vegas oh, right this, here. This, I'm this is. Time. If you're watching on YouTube, I mean, you're wearing a suit, dude, that I could never yeah. pull off. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, uh, Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa Las Vegas, Mike Palm, the VP of Operations there at Circa. I've stayed at Circa. It is fantastic, man. How do you? Uh, the idea of you owning a casino in Las Vegas is what trips me up. How do you do that? <laughs> well, you know, you, you get lucky a lot of times, <laughs> and you start off with something small. And I uh, bought a small casino here uh, about 18 years ago. It worked out okay. Parlayed that to a, a little bigger casino called um, called uh, Fitzgeralds. We turned that into the D Las Vegas, and then that worked out pretty well and had a chance to. to uh, I actually designed something from the bottom up, and the one thing that we did is uh, I'm a big sports fan and uh, kind of surround myself. My team are all big sports fans and kind of felt that, you know, a lot of these big billion-dollar resorts that were being built, uh, you know, they really weren't taking sports that seriously. It was more like it was a little bit of an afterthought. So we kind of took a different approach where we want to design something where where sports was uh, the key element, where if you were a sports fan, you're going to want to come come to our property we made our sports book really the centerpiece, the focal 
point of uh, of the property. Um, it's a three-story sports book. It's the world's largest sports book. So whether you stay at, whether you stay with us or not, I mean, we figure you know if you're if you're a fan uh, if you're if you're a, if you're a sports fan living in Baltimore, or Cleveland, or Chicago, or, or or San Antonio, you come to Vegas. No matter where you stay, if you're a sports fan, you're going to want to come down to the Mecca. So you're going to come down to see the largest sports book. So that was a little bit of our thought process: is try to build. The world's biggest and best sports book, and then and then uh, we did kind of the same thing in an outdoor venue with Stadium Swim. So really, just to, that that's our that's our reason why we want people to show up and see us. Now, Derek, I got to tell you because that that to me is perfect. I love to gamble on sports, but I can sit at the pool, have a drink, relax, and still bet, and then watch my winnings come in. There you go. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> we tried to we tried to focus in on something at Stadium Swim. You know that you can't really do in other other cities that well. I mean, Las Vegas has 335 days of sunshine, so we designed Stadium Swim with the 143 foot screen, so you could see it. You got the eight pools. Um, it's temperature controlled, so like on a colder day, it's going to be 98 or 90 99 degrees. Uh, effectively, it's a massive hot tub party. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know you roll up to the you roll up to the pool. You get your 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 uh, your holder of a, of a six pack and uh, or whatever whatever mixed drinks you're having and bottle service and all that and you're off and rolling. What I what I loved when I stayed there because we were there in the summer we were watching uh, the games in the pool and you had those blackjack tables down over there and the best I did that weekend at your place blackjack wise was at the pool it was fantastic. Well, that that's good. I'm glad. I, I hope all the listeners are hearing that too. That's great. We got to get more people up there. And give that blackjack a try. It's a, it's a great little pit. It, it was it was fantastic. I mean, all of it. Um, and, and and downtown on Fremont, just bringing that there, following you on Twitter, the entertainment, uh, the music, everything that you guys are doing there at Circus, first class. Yeah, well, we've uh, we've really enjoyed everything on Fremont. I mean, Fremont Street's now a second most visited tourist destination in America. Times Square is number one. We're going to do over 25 million people walking up and down Fremont Street. Really amazing. And you know, open alcohol 24 24 hours a day. Pretty pretty crazy, but uh, but safe and fun for everybody. Music wise, yeah, I mean, just this week alone. I mean, we've got uh, Jefferson. Starship playing a free concert on Thursday night. We've got Chris Lane, Country Star, playing a free concert Friday night. We've got Offspring playing free concert Saturday night. So there's concerts every night, uh, and uh, that's where we get to we get to hang out and have a lot of we get to hang out and have a good time every night. You know, Derek, I know every successful guy though has to have that guy that does all the dirty work, and I think it's that guy that's sitting next to you there, Mike <laughs> Palm, who's the VP of Operations now. That's got to be a difficult job to operate a, a resort casino hotel that's just massive and lots of people. Is is it that hard? Well, you know, it's challenging, but at the same time, it's fun because we come to work and we have fun because this guy sets the tone uh, right next to us. And he told us, you know, our focus is to sell fun. Fun is an underserved commodity. People want to come and have fun and enjoy themselves and have a beer and make a bet and have a nice dinner and listen to music and watch a sporting event. And, you know, he made a great decision, 21 and over property, right, at, at Circa. It changed the, the whole perspective of it. We've got great reviews about that. Very safe ID at the doors. Talk about safety. Safety's a focus. ID at the doors. Everybody coming in. You don't get any bad actors in there. It's all people wanting to have a good time. 
And so, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, we've got events going on. As he said, the three concerts. We've got this LIV. He's got their celebrity celebrity golf tournament. They're having a cocktail party tonight. We're having a big pep rally for the fans of both teams Thursday, 5 to 9 at Stadium Swim. We'll split them up half on one side, <laughs> half on the other. We'll go by colors. Can't cross over the line, right? And uh, Barry's is packed every night. Legacy Club, the rooftop cocktail lounge is packed. So it's going to be a heck of a lot of the fun. And then we get to Sunday, and we got six different parties going on nice at the sports book at the swim in the ballrooms at the outdoor center so it's a hell of a time to for uh, for you guys owning and running a casino especially like circa right super bowl sunday is a big weekend for you guys in general people that aren't going to super bowl city come to vegas to watch the game like like they'll do with march madness how different is it being the host city for the super bowl as far as your normal super bowl business would be it makes a big change Monday through Thursday. I mean, it really, which would go from just a normal week to what it is now, where there's stuff going on 24 hours, it seems like. We'll still be packed Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday's one of the best days of the year as it is in the casino, right? Saturday's really our best casino day of the year before the Super Bowl. Monday's a top five day, too. Really? People, people leave on Monday night, right? They ah. stay. There's very few people... Game's late in the day, right? Yeah, they don't, no, they don't want a 6 a.m. No, right, they don't want a 6 a.m. Monday's a tremendous day, too. But this build up here, and we even had stuff going on last week as people kind of filtered into town. So, uh, as Derek says, we've been sold out for 40 straight years for Super Bowl. Now we're just sold out for 10 days. <laughs> De- Derek, how in the world's a guy from Detroit <laughs> end up in Vegas, ended up owning one of the best casinos in this town? Well, I uh, I used to come to Vegas well before I ever bought into it. And uh, as a sports fan... I came out to uh, a lot of fights. I, I love watching fights. Uh, Bo Holyfield. I was here. I was here for for a lot of fights, and then I got to see UFC kind of take off, and then really never missed never missed a Super Bowl or uh, you know let's say a wild card weekend. So all of a sudden, that's when I started coming in a couple times in a month type of deal, <laughs> and uh, and 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 uh, and I was coming out for work and for and for sporting events, and then. You know, one thing led to the next, and I had a chance to buy a small casino in Vegas. And uh, you know, the, there's no income tax in the state of Nevada, so that well, that was a bit of an attraction to me. And uh, and uh, well, one thing led to the next, and the snowball started rolling downhill. Nice. And uh, I never would have dreamed, never ever would I dream that I'd have a chance to run a run a casino. Um, you know, as I got a bit older, um, never thought I'd be able to run a sports book. That you know, we're, we're now in. In four states, Nevada, Colorado, Iowa, Circus Sports Illinois just opened. We're going to open up Circus Sports Kentucky next month. And and never really thought that that ever could happen. So for me, life's been a pretty interesting, interesting parlay here. So we just keep reinvesting in the business. I love surrounding myself with great with a great team. Uh, and we have a lot of fun what we're doing. So that's kind of a little bit of a story of how it happened. Derek Stevens, the owner and CEO of Circa Sports. I'm going to take a left turn a little bit here, but I'm sure you you have a great answer here for we can have this conversation. We're from Texas, and our and our lovely people in charge of the state still haven't legalized gambling in the great state of Texas, and it's very political. How soon before all 50 states have legal gambling? Well, I, I would say I would say you're not going to get all 50. Um, there's some states where uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, but uh, but I think uh, when you take a look at the big three that everybody are talking about right now, 
You're talking about California with, with its own issues. It went to the ballot last go-around. Unbelievably, they're not even going to get it on the ballot this, this November. So that's going to be punted again. Then you've got Florida, which is going to deal with a whole lot of legal issues because it's going to be hard to run you know, a sports betting industry that's monopolized by, by one operator only with Seminole. And then you've got Texas, which effectively is probably the uh, biggest market. Uh, you know, you don't want to be in the California political quagmire. <laughs> you don't want to be in the in the uh, Florida in the Florida situation because you might have minus one twenty both ways on games without competition. And then obviously Texas. I mean, you, when you're born in Texas, you learn how to play. You learn how to watch football before you're twelve months old. So, um, you know, I I think I think it's inevitable because. There is so much money uh, involved here. There's so much money for the state. Um, you know, Texas is a state without an income tax as well. Mm-hmm. You need a different different revenue source. So I think I think sports betting, um, eventually when you get the right politicians together to, to write the rules, Texas should be a great, great state. I think also Texas has a big advantage, and that advantage is Texas has the ability to learn from what the other states did well and what other states did poorly. Mm-hmm. For example... State of Montana, terrible. State of Te- Tennessee, they really screwed up. State of New York, disaster. So you got three states that that uh, didn't work out. On the other hand, you've got other states that did a really, really great job. Um, you know, I think I think what Illinois did was actually pretty smart. I think uh, what Iowa did was very smart. Um, uh, I think Colorado. I mean, in, in these states. So there's a lot to be learned as as these states roll out. Um, so I think I think Texas has the ability to be the first first state to actually do it right. I, I want to ask you both this question. You both answered this because I'm fascinated by it. For for years, the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball wouldn't come to Vegas because of the gambling aspect. Now, obviously, everybody's here except for the NBA, and I'm sure they will be soon. W- what has changed with that, and how do you keep gambling and and pro sports without intermingling and, and getting in trouble? Well, I, you know, Mike and I do a show with Brent Musburger every every Sunday, and you know, I've asked that same question to him back when he when he's calling games, you know, forty years ago. You, you know, you really couldn't bring anything up about a point spread. No one, no one could talk about it. But effectively, everybody knew it was out there. So it was a little bit of a double, double talk type of thing. I think everyone's really come to come to uh, understand that that having uh, a consumer with some with a bet on the game. It's good for it's good for leagues. It's good for teams. It's good for team owners. It's good for players. Good for the players union. Good for media, and for the fans. Now you're a little bit more engaged with the game. So I think everybody's kind of come come to realize, hey, sports betting's not this not this element in the shadows of all this dark CD type of stuff. This is something that's at the forefront and it makes it better for really everybody. I realize there could be a few problems here and there, but overall, overall, this is a real good thing. And from a player perspective, I mean, let's be honest about this. I mean, what if you walk into circuit today, um, you know, you're, we'd probably take the biggest bets out of any, of any, of any uh, sports book there is. What we will take on a game, it's not going to change the. Uh, it's not going to influence an individual player. Players make a lot of money. Players are now playing from the time they're three years old on up. You know the the, the thought of influence influencing a player and and having a Black Sox scandal. Well, I mean, let's go. Let's be honest about this. I mean, the Black Sox was ninety five years ago, 
I mean, and, and every every baseball player was worried about what their offseason job was. Now it's a little bit different. So I think I think just the compensation numbers make things a little safer. That'd be my read on it, Mike. Yeah, I think you made a good point about it. In, you know, the money's in TV, and the ability to have a bet on a game increases viewership, right? Because you're not just watching Dallas Cowboys. You, you you can watch a different game in each slot, or maybe multiple, because you can place a twenty dollar bet on it or fifty dollar bet. I think that's one. I think the other thing is the realization that the illegal market is out there, and you're better off having a regulated legal market. If you know it. it yeah. Not doing anything with the regular legal market doesn't take the illegal market away, right? So why not embrace something that brings tax revenue in as well and supports and supports the leagues, as well as it being fair for everybody and, and dealing with problem people that, that are out there as well, too. So, I mean, it, it was a pretty quick turn, actually, when you think about a few years ago. Yeah. This, you couldn't bet on UNLV games, yeah, because right? UNLV was in the state of Nevada to having a Super Bowl here in a couple of days. It, That's it, it is crazy. Now, Derek, you mentioned you guys take bigger bets than most. Is that just your your philosophy? If somebody's willing to put that money on the line, you're going to take the bet. Yeah, well, I think I think you know when you look at sports books, um, every sports book has a different niche. It's 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 kind of like uh, when you got to look at sports books the way you look at a restaurant. You know, you got steakhouses, fish houses, Chinese, Italian. Everybody, there's going to be something different for everybody. Um, what we focus in on is we focus in on very high levels of customer service. We focus on taking larger bets. We feel that we've developed um, at a, a customer base that provides tremendous liquidity, which allows us to maybe get off a number if uh, if we have to. So I've got a fella coming in, uh, probably being on, uh, on Friday. He's going he's gonna to make a, make a half a million dollar bet, uh, probably on the Chiefs because he's a diehard Chiefs fan. You know, but we can't bank on it until the money comes across the counter. But when he does, um, you know, we're not too worried. It won't take us very long. We're we're going to get buyback real real quick. So, so for us, um, for us getting the buybacks, the real critical thing. And, you know, on, on the other hand, let's take a, take a take a look at maybe FanDuel or or, uh, or maybe DraftKings. They're 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 more orientated around a massive quantity of customers. They generally write a, a massive amount of tickets. And they have, it's just a little bit of a different philosophy. They, they spend a lot of money on marketing, but, but they're looking for huge volumes of, of actual customers. So it's just, it's just a different model. So, and I think customers are going to find, find the model that, that works best for them and what they're interested in. Mike, what's the craziest prop bet for the Super Bowl that, that we can go put some money down on? I think we offer a bet, will someone catch their own pass? <laughs> it's happened. And yeah, it's happened. Well, yeah, it happened with Jackson. Lamar. Yeah. The thought is you'd be smart enough not to catch it, but <laughs> that, you can get that at 75 to 1. I think that's pretty crazy, not right? Bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Has the whole Taylor Swift thing and those prop bets, do you all do any of that? You know, Nevada, in Nevada, you can't do specific things gotcha. like how much airtime she's going to get and how many, you know, and all that. But you can be creative and do, you know. Will Travis Kelsey have more catches, 10, and she has platinum albums and all kind of stuff. <laughs> and they name them after her songs, right? It's real. It's a real thing. The amount of people she's introduced oh. to the end, it's, oh, yeah. it's amazing. It, it's crazy. <laughs> um, who writes all, who comes up with all those prop bets? So, so it's interesting. So our risk team, we task them with risk having team. A, a, bi- yeah. a bigger a bigger, pro- a bigger, prop menu every year. And they really start getting into it once the playoffs start and trying to project teams that are going to be in it. And then Jeff Benson, who's who's a, who's a uh, director of operations and runs the front of house, he went out on Twitter and said, give us your ideas. I don't care if you think they're dumb. 
And he had about 500 ideas, and I think we actually put 40, 45 of them in, right? So we let the, the customers come up with some ideas as well, right? And use their creativity. All right. Now, the real question I'm asking is, who the hell do I bet on on Sunday? <laughs> that, that's what I want to know, okay? <laughs> They got hey, they, they got really uh, quiet. Really, really That's quick. why we're in the casino. Dude, one's going to say Chiefs. One's going to say Niners. <laughs> I'll be up front. I'll jump in this one first. And I'm a man looking for one thing and one thing only on Sunday, and that is I want some two-way action. I need two-way here. <laughs> so I can't tell you who I who I think is I because you know I I don't get to make a bet. I'm. I get to told who I get I get told who I'm rooting for, so it's still too early. I think I think when we take a look at our handle, uh, we're still at a point where I would say ninety percent of the handle has yet to come in. So at this point, we're still looking at small sample size uh, at Circa Sports. Nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, Circa, great place if you're heading to Vegas. You, you mentioned Steakhouse. Barry's is great, and I forget the... Uh, Andiamo uh, at the D. The, the, well, there's, there's that. Uh, the brisket fried rice there at... 8 East. Uh, uh, yeah, 8 East. That's a fantastic restaurant. That might be the most popular dish, single dish of any of our restaurants that are proud. People love the brisket fried rice. I believe it. (laughs) I believe it. Good stuff. Derek Stevens, Mike Palm from Circa. Appreciate you guys stopping by. This has been a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, thanks. Thanks thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the rest of the week. All right, we'll see you around this week. Good luck on Sunday. Enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. Last night was opening night out at the stadium. We'll talk about those experiences and hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and others as we continue here in Las Vegas on Radio Row. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe, live from Radio Row for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to row. Ah, tough news this morning here in the passing of Toby Keith. Really is, man. I know he was uh, battling stomach cancer for a long time, but when you heard that today, I mean, gee whiz. Tough. Great guy. Love listening to Toby Keith. It is the Blitz here in Las Vegas. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. In Las Vegas, our AA Best Bail Bonds radio row coverage brought to you by Centergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. You think about, I'm still thinking about the conversation we just had with Derek Stevens from from Circa. Because, you know, it it is strange to be in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. You know, because it wasn't that long ago. It was, you know, talking gambling in in the NFL was so frowned upon. And then, you know, all the leagues are here. The NBA will be at some point. We, We certainly know that. But also, I mean, so many people, like we have a regular listener who, you know, his friends, they meet in Vegas every year for the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're not going to the game, but they're still coming here this sure. weekend. And uh thought we had an earthquake a minute. Oops. <laughs> table that was just swampy. <laughs> he has survived the dentist. Well, he, he is. He can't feel his face, and now he can't feel a knee he's after that. He's got drool running down his face because he can't feel it. <laughs> Yeah, glad that it worked out okay, man. I am. I'm going to tell you, uh, Jason. That that was a fascinating uh, interview for me, just because of what he said about gambling, uh, sports gambling all over the country, and who's going to where it's going to be tough. Who has tried it and failed? And um, I, I just found it fascinating. And I think Texas really needs to get on board. And uh, and I, I think I really believe at some point in time the state of Texas will. Uh, it's just a matter of when will that be, sooner rather than later. Well, and, and and I think a big part of it, though, 
and we'll have to get him on again at a at another time because you know not on radio row with right. a focus on texas because i would like to hear more in depth of what he was suggesting with problems other states have had what uh, what what states are doing it well because if he thinks texas by waiting not that Texas has waited. They just haven't done it yet. They'll have a chance to do it better than every other yeah. state. Yeah. Because right now it just feels so damn political uh, listening to what Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has said. Uh, you hear both Republicans and Democrats. Some are for, some are against. And so it's not they're not on board politically. But last year it was, it was Dan Patrick that said, you know, uh, if it's Democrat controlled, we're not going to let it through. Well, dude, put it on a damn ballot. That's it. Let the people decide. And that, that was the biggest thing. And we, I can live with that. If the people, as a majority, say, no, we're not ready, then okay. I can live with that. But just politicians just not choosing to put it out there, uh, that's an issue for me. So hopefully that will change uh, at some point in time. But it's it, fascinating talking with him. If you missed it, AA Best Bail Bonds uh, Audio, Audio Vault. Vault. Go there and check that interview out. It was fantastic. Yeah, sasportstar.com, the website to be able to do that. Plus, you've got um, your chance to register to win some cash there, $2,024 if you've done any grilling. Everything's there at sasportstar.com. And this is one of those weeks where you just hit that Audio Vault on the regular for all the interviews that we have throughout the day. And then, of course, from uh, uh, the morning huddle uh, with what their great guest list and and so it it, it's just hit the audio vault all the videos that pledge and ryan are producing for youtube and everywhere you'll be able to find those as well check them all out last night an interesting night for us over at allegiant stadium for nfl opening night now quite honestly it was a bit of a bleep show um i I don't want to say it was not well organized because it was it was just not organized well uh (laughs) getting from point a to point b his is um uh, for a city that moves a lot of people i don't know that they really thought this out but you know that's the case but we were there last night it was interesting and you know it's so crazy when you start thinking about the greatness of quarterbacks and with patrick mahomes in the Super Bowl again, all of his conference championship games, where is he ultimately going to end up ranking? You talk about the GOAT right now, and sure, it's Tom Brady. But at one point, it was Joe Montana. At one point, there's been a conversation, it could be, it could be, and I think Tom Brady has become, well, he's the GOAT now. Sure. That's the standard. Patrick Mahomes is on his way to becoming the GOAT. And then you get a coach like Andy Reid who says he is the best quarterback he has ever seen. Well, he's a great player, and I've been around a lot of great ones. Um, he's right at the top of the list there. He's uh, top-notch all the way around, all the things that make somebody great, he's got them. I mean, and, and, and that's high praise because Andy Reid has been around. Um, he's been around the NFL for a long time and uh, been around a lot of good quarterbacks. And, look, I don't think he's telling anybody that they don't know already. You just watch a game where Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback, and you just see things that you just don't see from anybody else. And and that's what makes Patrick Mahomes so special. Well, and, and you look at it, I, I, I mean – Kansas City offensively this year isn't what we're used to seeing out of Kansas City. I'm surprised they're in the Super Bowl. When yeah. if you go back to what you were thinking in December, their playoff run having to go on the road, and this this Sunday 
I mean, I hate San Francisco, so I'm looking for any reason not to see San Francisco hoist another trophy. But the reality is, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? I, I don't know how you do that. Uh, and, and I said the same thing uh, in the AFC Championship game against Baltimore. And that's why I ultimately bet on Kansas City. And I thought, I'm, I'm just, I, I can't bet against Mahomes. And once again, uh, you know, he comes through. And it's just, fan- there's something about players, the great ones, that when the playoffs roll around, their game elevates. And and it does. And Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys. Well, and, and, and obviously, I mean, he's he's no rookie for, for Super Bowls. You think about where he was in his first Super Bowl to doing another opening night last night. The biggest way I've changed is just kind of knowing what to expect of the week. I've obviously grown as a quarterback and as a leader and as a person, but being able to have a game plan for what the Super Bowl week entails and prepare myself to not play the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl game is something that I'm hoping I can use to my advantage. And I think he will. And again, it's going to be very difficult, although I think San Francisco's the more talented team overall. I don't think there's any question. But again, you ask the question, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes to win his third uh, Super Bowl, and and it's it's going to be a tough call, Jason, when it comes to Sunday for me, for well, sure. Well, maybe. I mean, it's Tuesday. We got a lot of <laughs> a lot of ways to get there because obviously, if he's going to get more rings than Tom Brady, he can't come to the Super Bowl and lose. Can he actually get seven rings? I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so uh, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, your goal is to be the best player that you can be. I know I'm blessed to be around a lot of great players around me, and so right now, it's doing whatever I can to beat a great 49ers team and trying to get that third ring, and then if you ask me that question in like 15 years, and I'll see if I can get close to seven, but seven seems like a long ways away still. Yeah, you know, I'm proud of Patrick Mahomes in the sense of he has done this so many times. He understands. He's talking for an hour. How do I answer questions without answering them? You know, like, am I going to get to seven rings? Or how do you feel about your dad getting another uh-huh. DWI? Which, how do you feel? Uh, what it a sucks. dumbass question. Yeah, how, yeah dumb, dumb. But he answered it and, and moved on. Um, interesting that way. But what about Brock Purdy, who's, I don't know, Cam Newton says, maybe the 10th best player <laughs> on uh, the San Francisco football team? He, he's done a great job in these last two years that he's played. I haven't got to play him yet, but he, he's do, he does a great job extending plays. He does a great job making the throws. I mean, he's a winner. I mean, I saw that. I didn't play him at, when he was at Iowa State, but when he was at Iowa State playing against my Red Raiders, he was winning. And I mean, he's always been a winner, and that's what it takes in this league. It's not always the flashy plays. Can you go out there and win? He, he does both the flashy and he wins football games. You know, and that's the best answer for all of these people that say, oh, well, he's just a game manager. It's the system. I don't give a damn. What's his win-loss record? Yep. Okay, because that's what quarterbacks are judged on. Uh, so I don't care how he gets it done. I don't care if uh, you know Christian McCaffrey's the best player on that team, which he is. And it doesn't matter. Brock Purdy is the quarterback of the Niners, and he wins football games, period. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. You know, and, and you look at it. The and you've heard me say this for for years on this radio show. I, being a game manager is not a bad thing, no. and yet it's turned into a bad word if you get that label. You know, you can be a great quarterback and a game manager. You don't have to be a playmaker like Lamar Jackson to be a great quarterback. The you know, and I think one of the differences is you're seeing. And relax when I say this, Joe. <laughs> we know 
that Dak Prescott, he's only elevating his teammates so far. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy is still kind of in that area because without his superstars this year, they lost three games in a row. Can Brock Purdy, as he develops his NFL career, will he will we see him win games because of Brock Purdy? We really haven't seen that yet. So he's kind of on that level right now. He's a, he's a great quarterback, but with with Dak Prescott, where you see Patrick Mahomes will a team to win. We've seen Lamar will a team to win. Josh Allen will a team to win. And on Super Bowl Sunday, Brock Purdy could certainly change narratives by making big plays. Now, what I'll say about Brock that I wish I could say about Dak Prescott, game on the line, he's made it happen two weeks in a row. Yeah, he has. I, I mean, subpar games. And the, the problem with Dak is, is similar to Tony Romo. He was the reason they won a whole lot of games, but also the reason they lost a lot of games. A, a late turnover here. Well, it wasn't because he was trying to throw an interception. He was trying to make a play, but ultimately he didn't make the play. That's on your resume. Brock Purdy, you know, that jury is still out. Yeah, it, well, it is. But look, I, what, I, what I like about a Brock Purdy, uh, especially in that Green Bay game and then and, uh, um the Detroit. last one they won, Detroit. Detroit. Yes, both of those games. And, well, and 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 I'd look at Detroit specifically. They were down twenty-four to seven, and you want to compare the two. The Cowboys get down seven to nothing, and they panic. Uh, and, and there was no panic in that San Francisco team coming back uh, and and winning that football game. And 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 look, I'd take Brock Purdy right now just simply because he doesn't panic. He's confident. He believes in what he can do. And and, and say what you will about all the superstars being out and everything else, he gets them the football. And that's what a good quarterback does. And I'd rather have that guy than a guy that's making plays. Who And two guys, well, all three that you just mentioned are sitting at home. Yeah. I mean, they're not at the Super Bowl. So they didn't wheel anybody to win when it counted, when the chips were on the table. Well, and, and you look at that, too. I mean the whole team effort but the quarterback you know is going to be on the resume and i love seeing the comments and the youtube uh, chat that <laughs> blah blah, blah. I, I mean yeah I, ultra cowboy dak leads his teammates straight to an early off season i'll take brock over dak all day i do look at a lot of people that say they would want to get rid of dak and you just want somebody else to be mad at because i mean brock purdy i mean Two years in a row, and he's been in the league two years. NFC Championship game last year, he got hurt. Philadelphia went to the Super Bowl. You know, this year he's got his team in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's he, he, but essentially the same team. I look at, like, what Mahomes has done with a lot of change in his teammates. The consistent is the coach and the quarterback. And a tight end. Yes, those guys are. And, and look, and this year uh, to uh, Patrick Mahomes – credit or or his benefit is they've got the best defense that they've had since Patrick Mahomes went to Kansas City. Yep. So that's a big part and Patrick Mahomes is not having to necessarily win football games anymore. He can just not turn the ball over uh, and do what he's got to do, run the clock and let that defense uh, get the job done and and that's that's been the recipe for success especially in the playoffs this year. 210-656 ESPN 656 Three seven at seven six. You can always uh, dial up and call us. You know the old-fashioned way. Yes. You can tweet us at Joe Ryan Eagle two and zero. Tweet at me at Jason Minix. 
And if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there. Make sure you subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up button if you're there watching. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, coming up, a, a very special birthday for Cowboy fans. And, yeah, we're in Vegas. Gambling violations. How many have already gotten in trouble? Wow. We'll talk about that next here on The Blitz. Live from Radio Row, our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage from Las Vegas. Presented by Southern Recipe, Small Batch Pork Rinds, and Synergenics. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnett. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds radio row coverage from Las Vegas continues. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and Synergenics. Man, what a vibe around here. A lot of energy here on Radio Row in Las Vegas as we get ready for the Super Bowl. A lot of energy. A lot of people here for a Tuesday. Well, you know, and again, you look at it. What's crazy, all Super Bowl cities are insane if you... Think about it, but but Las Vegas, there are so many different things that are going on that have nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Our Uber driver this morning was telling us, I don't know what, was, what do you call it, a, a roofer convention that's going on, yeah, or there's some kind cabinet of cabinet maker, or yeah, some other, like that. you know, that that's going on. This is going on. Somebody tweeted us. I guess WWE is doing something Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've got the livers here too. The Live Golf Celebrity Tournament this weekend. Oh, yeah. The the Live Types. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to a wrestling thing. Probably wouldn't anyway. But Thursday night's the big cigar party. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not missing that. No, we'll be there. Yes. Because now, there's a cigar or two with my name on it. Uh, now, tomorrow night, we have planned to go downtown. Uh, Rob and I want to take Joe Reinagle to the El Cortez. Yes, sir. I've never been. But Joe Reinagle spun a wheel earlier and won passes to a party. Yes. Uh, now, this must be an exclusive party because they're like, well, there's six of us. Like, here you go. So <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that exclusive. Well, I, I mean, but you have to have a pass to get there. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it is, but at least now we have options. We do. We do. Well, my option number one would be to go gamble. That, that was, That's my option number one. Now, this party may be a good place to... Uh, um, you know, pregame might be a good place for that. But uh, if I have my option and, and number one on that list would be to go uh, to the El Cortez and then somewhere else and, and you know, try to win some money. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're going to do that. Yes. So we apparently aren't going to have Laura Oakham here, right? Uh, I, I and, and, you know, it's funny because we always talk in the studio. You know, Pledger will give us hand signals, and I have no idea if I'm stealing second, third. Go, uh, what, what does that mean? I'm getting hand signals from Spence right now, who is also also trying to mouth what he is saying, although he was at the dentist earlier today, and it's still a little numb. Tim, what's going on? 3-something, three 335, 345. 345. Like here? Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah, so we'll have to figure it out. So apparently we don't have Laura Oakham today. We'll 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 figure out something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, not worried about it. However, uh, you know I like the easier choices of a party or gambling. 
I can deal with that. That's an easy test for me. Party or gambling? Yes. Yeah, we're we're gambling. Yeah, you're going yeah, gambling. Done. Not partying. Well, you can do both at the same time. It depends on how your night goes. Like the other night at the blackjack tables, you know, I wasn't in a partying mood, but then I hit the slot machine. My mood lifted. It did. It's funny how that works that way. When you 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 have to hand your money over, and all your chips as well, then you're kind of in a bad mood. When you get money back, though, it's like, ah, life is good. What was that again? Ah, life is good. Well, that was yeah. the slot machine that was talking to to <laughs> Joe the other night. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> now, that was the beer talk. Yeah, a uh, li- li- little bit later on, and then we ended up at that uh, dueling piano bar, which I love to go to. That was fun. I-, I mean, see, that's you. You and I both come to Vegas a lot. Yeah, right. But we do Vegas very differently. You never leave the casino. I spend a lot of time, but then I'll go find other places to to go to, and and then and then you do that, like the piano bar there at Harris. Uh, then you know sometimes you run into your buddy like Doug Kazarian because he runs Las Vegas, <laughs> Is that uh, right? And yeah, and all the all the different. Uh, uh, things he was at Circa the other day and won some big ass thing. Is that right? Yeah, one of their big tournaments. Thing. Wasn't it Circa that had the five and O contest? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. Circa that did that. Uh, it wasn't a weekly thing; it was a yearly thing, uh, and I thought it was pretty cool. And you didn't have to win five each week; it's just your total wins. That's who won. But there had to be a bazillion people in that. Absolutely, thing. Be T- tough. tough thing. To, yeah. To, to win that one, uh, but like that that piano bar, we we will generally find ourselves in there at least one night. Uh-huh. Uh, they have these uh, uh, twins that both have long blonde hair. We're that, still talking about the piano bar. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, they, they they both play the piano. Oh, okay. It, it's, right, it, right. it's a lot of fun in there. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, they don't work <laughs> on Sunday nights. Well, they're they're good girls. <laughs> they don't work on Sunday night. Yeah, that's nice. They're good girls. Yeah, but you're talking about twins in Vegas. you got to clarify. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you never know. There's a lot of different things to do here in Vegas when it comes to that. Like what? Well, I, I just let your imagination run wild. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> twins, huh? Twins. <laughs> you know what? Well, I like the, porn. The, the, <laughs> the best thing about Vegas is you can buy just about anything here. Including twins. Including twins. If you want to make it triplets, you could probably do that. <laughs> Be stealing my lucky charms. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Joe's trips to Vegas are very different than mine. I didn't know that was on the menu. <laughs> that was back in my younger days. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> was it really? Well, no, it wasn't, actually. That was never in my, uh, in my younger days. But... Uh, you know, this was years ago. <laughs> years ago, I did. I uh, I went to a a, a a strip club, and it was packed. It was like two in the morning. Yeah, the place was packed, but it was like, I mean, you just like everywhere you looked, it was like bam, pow. Well, you, you realize there are twenty four hours here. Yeah, well, I, I now I do. Yeah, but it was like. Uh, I don't know where do they import these women. I don't know where they actually they I, do. I, I'm sure they do. They do. It, it, it's it's pretty amazing because, um, well, you know, as you bring that up, I saw on, uh, on Twitter apparently All Stars closed. Did it really? Yeah, I, I had no idea. So, in uh, San Antonio. Yeah, in San Antonio. Wow. Uh, so we're down 
a couple of them, right? Some I of them suppose. Were, you, know, you go back to the 90s when we would go, um, you know, the, the, like All-Stars closed. That's crazy. They, I, I mean, I, I I don't know why. I don't know all the background. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn. I, I haven't been there in forever. Well, right? I haven't either. You know, I, yeah. Can't really do that. I mean, and, and not that I want to, but you can't really do it. Yeah. So, um I forget where I was going with that. Uh, but <laughs> all stars closed. Oh, all, all stars closed. But they put yeah, a historical I, marker up. But but if you think about the last time you were in there, the best one, uh huh, might not make the cut for Vegas. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All hours of the day, it is incredible. There used to be, and I won't name names, but if you know who I'm talking about, you know, who used to be a reporter on Channel Four. In San Antonio, uh-huh. who now lives in Vegas or was living in Vegas. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know you do. And she yes. was working at a, a, a place here. And we were out here for a fight. And she was like, well, come to our post-fight party. And we did. And holy cow. It was like she was like a manager of the place. She was. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was. Yeah, she wasn't on stage yeah. by any stretch. But she was, you know, marketing and sure. connecting. Yeah. And, yeah. and holy cow. I mean, it's like it was a buffet. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. That was one hell of a uh, of, of a fight night. Is this a Golden Corral buffet or is this a, a Bellagio buffet? I would say Bellagio, <laughs> yes. You know, if, if Bruce Chris had a buffet. <laughs> it's crazy out here. I mean, Las Vegas is just, and I think that's why people like to come, is a fantasy land for adults. Right? I mean, you come out here and it's just like, it's a fantasy land. I mean, money means nothing. Uh, you're doing stuff you, you probably wouldn't do at home. And it's just, uh, that's what makes it so attractive. It, it really is uh, a, a lot of fun. Last night, opening night in the <laughs> NFL, it was, I don't even want to say organized chaos. It was a bleep show, to be honest with you. But it was entertaining, as you might expect. Uh, learn some things about Joe Reinagle. Like he's afraid of the guys in the Blue Man Group. We will explain <laughs> as me? we continue here on the Blitz, live uh, on Radio Row, or AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage brought to you by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Road coverage brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and Synergenics. Always a lot of fun on Radio Row. And one of the great things about our Super Bowl trip is we always run into some good friends. Now, if you guys... Uh, have been listening a long time. There are always some sort of drunken stories with Rob and I, especially when Rob and I were co-hosts, and we just refer to these dudes as the Brits. Uh-huh. What, what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> like, like as if we're giving the entire nation a terrible, terrible reputation. I, I would not, I would not say at all that it would be a terrible reputation. But the king of the Brits is with us now. The His king name of is, the Brits. The, yes, Will Gavin um, is, is joining us now here on Radio Row, and your talk sport. You are blowing up. When I say king of the Brits. Dude, you are doing the play-by-play 
of the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. It's wild. It's, How it, the hell did that happen? I, I remember coming to my first Super Bowl, uh, which was Super Bowl 49 in Arizona, and I was doing it all off my own back. I paid for my own flights, my own hotel. Like I was doing little hits and little updates into talk sport where I was working basically as like an assistant producer. And, you know, I probably lost thousands of pounds slash dollars on that whole trip but i got to go to i think one of the great super bowls of modern times and i was happy with it to fast forward to what 10 years later and now be not just here and having the swankiest setup on radio row and doing all sorts of big interviews and Did you hear him just throw it out on the table like that yeah. yes the swankiest of setups seriously considering that we brought all that stuff across the pond with us like it's not a bad little not a, a bad you made it worth over it over there um it's uh, seriously it's like dream come true territory i we went to opening night last night where we saw you guys and and I'm sat there and I, I went and sat on the home team bench between the sessions and I looked up to where our broadcast booth was and I looked around that stadium which probably had a good 20,000 30,000 people in it last night right and I just thought like I, I had like a pinch myself had to take a breath just calm down and level out moment because it is it's wild and I have the, the get to cover the sport I love that's growing so much in our country and, and get to do it like this is amazing. You know, Will, that's the thing. And I met you about three years ago, the first Super Bowl I came to as a member of the San Antonio Sports Star crew. And, and I love to pick your brain about how popular the NFL is becoming, um, you know, all over Europe. I mean, my goodness, it's just blowing up, isn't it? Seriously, I've been to the Germany games the last two years. I did play-by-play in Munich and then again in Frankfurt the last two years. And... Honestly, those fans are amongst the best fans in the, uh, that I've ever experienced at any sporting event, be it you know college football, pro football, soccer, whatever it might be. They were absolutely incredible. And the UK fans, I mean, there has to be a level of dedication, right? If you follow a sport where the best games are being played at one in the morning, <laughs> then there's got to be a bit of a love for it yes. in some way, right? Like, we're, we're doing Sunday night football every single week on TalkSport 2, and we're there until 4, 4.30 in the morning. What's amazing is we can see that there's an audience there with us, listening along, engaging, getting involved, and it, it, you've just seen it grow and grow and grow over the years. It's, it's amazing to see. Will Gavin joining us here on The Blitz, a guy that's become a good friend uh, through the years uh, because of Radio Row. And you mentioned Sunday Night Football. Are you doing the play-by-play for that remotely? No, so what we do for in, in-season games, uh, when it's not the games in Europe or when we come out to do these games, we ha- we take like the Westwood One feed. Okay. And then when they throw to a timeout, when there's a, a break in play or something like that, We'll come back to the studio, be myself normally, either by myself or, or with yeah, little Ollie Hunter, who's often here on Radio oh, Row yeah. with us. Yeah, hello, those guys. And we'll sit and we will chat about the game and we'll give our thoughts on what we've just seen. And we'll go to Twitter and read out some uh, listener interactions and stuff. And then when we hear the radio guys are back, we throw back and we go to Kevin Harlan or whoever it is for the All call. Right. You bring up Kevin Harlan, and, and, and I'm curious... Because I I, I love Kevin Harlan. I think he's one of the best play-by-play guys out there. You doing play-by-play with your accent, what kind of call do you have? Like, we hear, like, soccer calls and the craziness that will go with that. What does Will Gavin sound like calling American football on radio all across. Do, do, do you know what's very funny is I uh, I did this earlier with another station. Is I it just, very polite? And I invented a play. I just did it uh, for them. It, it, i got to say, I am heavily influenced by the fact that I've grown up listening to the greats of American sports commentary. And, and on radio in particular, like... You go back to, you want to talk about the growth of the NFL in the UK as somebody who came into the sport in the kind of 90s and early noughties. Back then, 
you didn't get TV coverage like you do now. And I'm listening to Sunday Night Football on Armed Forces Radio, which we're getting on kind of, yeah, just able to just about get in our homes, right? And so uh, that's what I listened to growing up and what I love. So I'd, I'd say you'd be surprised how Americanized it is. But with the British accent, obviously everything sounds classier, right? <laughs> well, and I did, uh, do, overly do, polite. Do, doing, <laughs> the, doing the game in Germany when um, uh, I, I, I don't even remember the Chiefs Dolphins game, but there was that absolutely phenomenal uh, play where Tyreek Hill gets hit by Trent McDuffie, spills the ball, Justin Reed picks it up, and scoot and played that lateral pass on the touchdown. And I actually said "blimey" during the call. <laughs> And I, it was totally not on purpose. I didn't think to myself, I'm going to say something really British. I went, blimey! And I was just like, I didn't, it just came out and I couldn't help myself. And so, you know, there is, I'm sure that audio exists somewhere in the world. But is not is there a meaning to blimey? Is, it's just, it's a very polite British way of saying, like, holy oh my cow. God, holy cow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> holy cow. It's, it's, the, it's the English holy cow. There now, we go. I, I, I love that. I nearly swore and I you know, need to represent my country better than that. Now, I don't know if you could see Joe working blimey into a sentence. Rob Thompson could work blimey into mm-hmm. a sentence, sound like he knows exactly what he is saying, and be completely off base with it. I completely agree. I, I, 100%. I, I, I still retell the tale. I, we talk about, you guys talk about the Brits. We talk about our Texan friends. Oh, boy. And, and uh, we, people were asking me about the media party this year, which is, is coming up tonight. We, I, and I was retelling the tale from last year where we're on this ranch outside of, this, <laughs> outside yes. of Arizona. We're sat around a fire. We weren't outside of Arizona. We're, we were in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Outside the city. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we're in the state of Arizona. American geography's rubbish. Don't even start me. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> um, we were in the state outside of Phoenix, sorry, was what I meant to say. And we were in this beautiful ranch, and there's fires going, and whiskey in hand, cigar in the other. And Rob's telling us these stories about going hunting for, like, rare game, but in Texas. Well, hogs. Hunting hogs. It was hogs. Hunting hogs with, a, with just a Bowie knife and stuff. And I'm like, this is the most American conversation I have ever engaged in in my life. And I loved it. I loved every moment. I hung on every word. You don't do that where you're from. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no love, love and not a fighter, that's for sure. <laughs> no. You did say, though, you wanted to go on a hunt with us. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm very much a believer of you've got to try everything once. I'm sure there was a time when I was a teenager when I, I so I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, which I know won't be popular on this station. I'm sure Not you at guys, all. Not you guys at all. It was fun talking to you. You guys are all Mahomes, all Chiefs, Texas Tech nonsense. That's fine. But I, I, <laughs> like, my old man, uh, which is what we call our dads. In, yeah, in yeah, yeah. We, we did the same. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine, okay. Uh-huh. So my old man worked for a company that was based partially in San Francisco, and so he used to spend a lot of time out there. And I'm sure there was a time when I was a teenager and I traveled out there and I was invited to go to a, a game at Candlestick, or and I could have said, no, nah, it's not my thing, I've never done, and I didn't. I went, yeah, do you know what, why not? Give it a chance. I've never seen it before, never engaged with it before, and I fell in love with it. And so, you know, I don't think I'm going to fall in love with Hunter, if I give hunting a try, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, take an opportunity to have a bit of an all-American experience. Okay, now, well, what, well, what, what is it you do for fun when you're not working? What, what, what do you do for fun? He drinks. Uh, well, I, besides, we all do that. that. That's something we have in common for sure. 
Uh, my problem is, is that American football is probably how I spend my free time as well because I'm an absolute nerd. Like I, I talked about <laughs> earlier, the 1 a.m. thing, right? It takes a real sort of dedication to be like I'm listening to uh, NFL podcasts in and out of work every day. I'm like consuming everything they'll give us on the TV. Like I, so that's my, the, my I guess my kind of I'm in like more fantasy leagues than you could ever imagine and those guys are my guys and we hang out all the time and like even when it's not in the season and we all we're all just sports fans in general so love rugby love our football love everything else as well so when you get to work doing the thing that you love it's really cheesy but like that means you want to do that thing all of the time right like it's it's kind of you know that's well yeah. it's true I, I however a line i use all the time my job is everybody else's hobby uh, uh, yeah exactly which is also when people complain about the hours that i work particularly my wife in this instance <laughs> uh, another line i'll try out is this sport is something that happens in other people's free time right it's something that you doesn't happen between nine and five because you're in the office it happens in the evening so i have to work in the evening and so yeah i get to do <laughs> what everyone else wants to do as a job right it's it's absolutely now, now gambling is is cool, right? Where you're from, I mean... Gambling's cool, right? What a sentence. You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, mean, it's legal is what what I meant to say. Just to be clear, you know, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. That's what we'd have to say on UK radio if uh, if we were doing this. Is it 21 in Texas? I don't know. It was not legal in Texas. Yeah, that's the problem. It's it's a huge part of the culture in the UK and actually, you know, a huge part of uh, my industry. I'm I'm not actually a big gambler. I'm a I'm a chuck a few quid on a, uh, I, like, I have like a... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Chuck a few quid. Put a few pounds on, put a few, like, like you know, <laughs> like, like $20? Yeah, like, yeah, $10 bets, right. $20 bets, you know, on, on, like, putting on some accumulators, some ackers, what do you call it, a parlay? Yeah, so, yeah. The, the, <laughs> to use the American parlance. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys, I like to do fun things, which is like, you know stuff that's football nerdy about like the overs and the unders and the yardage and the usage and stuff like that but i i'm not a huge sports gambler there's a lot of guys that work with us who will like dedicate a huge amount of their weekend to it and it is i mean we're out here sponsored by a betting company and that's how we can afford to come out and do this coverage and they it's a huge thing that's followed in the uk so for us this kind of vegas super bowl connection it makes zero sense that it's never been in sin city before whereas anyone who asks from here is like yeah that's because the NFL pretended gambling didn't exist at about <laughs> exactly. three years ago. So uh, that it's, it is bizarre to us. And obviously, not to do a kind of public service announcement, gambling is something that needs to be done in kind of respectful ways. Sure. And it can ruin lives and everything else. But also, it can be a lot of fun. Right? I'm still trying you to learn the properly. whole responsibility thing. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I've, heard you're, I've heard you're a Vegas guy, Joe. <laughs> so don't even start. Like... <laughs> It's exactly yes. what it is. Will Gavin <laughs> here on The Blitz. He does a show. Uh, how do people hear your show streaming? Um, or can they? Uh, yeah, they can. We do. So um, TalkSport 2 uh, is our kind of secondary station, a bit like you know, an ESPN 2. Yeah. So we're doing a daily show on there from here on Radio Row at, at midday and, and repeated at 6 p.m. Uh, every day UK time. So that's what central time, 6 a.m. And, and midday every day. So if people wanted to hear that, they can hear it at the TalkSport website. If they, if they wanted to hear more British men talking about American football, uh, we're also doing some live stuff on YouTube <laughs> on Thursday and Friday. We're doing like an honours show on Friday morning, our time, so middle of the night in Texas, if you were so inclined. If you wanted to watch a YouTube stream of some English men talk about football, 11 p.m. on, th- on Thursday night, we'll be there. I, I what mean, a rock and roll it, way it, to it start interesting. your weekend. Now, now, here's the thing. We call ourselves, <laughs> we're, we're talk show hosts. Yes. He is not a talk show host. 
I'm a radio presenter. He's a radio presenter. But it just sounds so classy the way he says it. <laughs> you know, we're from He's a radio it, presenter. I mean, you know, yeah, right. So not only do they have the biggest setup here. Yeah. Swanky. Swanky. Swanky, yes. Swanky. For, for our audience to understand the level of star that we have sitting with us here is with, with Will Gavin. The man sits down in his chair. And then somebody puts his headphones on, and he uh-huh. starts presenting radio. Yes. Yes. And they saw there was a camera. There was a makeup artist that came over. I mean, the whole thing. The, the, the whole, the whole yes. thing is, yeah, is insane. I mean, I'm not going to deny it, because who in Texas is ever going to check? Like, although weird, I've, I've started doing a lot on, um, as I said, 49ers fan, but we uh, there's this whole thing with NFL teams. Not to get boring about it, but they have like international marketing agreements. There are certain teams that are allowed to market in certain countries. So there's like six teams who very specifically operate in the UK. And one of those is the 49ers. And so I've done a lot of work on KNBR and those guys as well. And weirdly, I've been getting loads and loads of more followers from like the San Francisco Bay Area who interact with any content we put out about the 49ers and stuff. So who knows? Maybe I could become a star in Texas as well. Absolutely. The Cowboys don't have that agreement? Uh, no, they do not. I actually don't know if the Cowboys have that agreement anywhere. No, no, no Cowboys in the UK, I'm afraid. Big following in the UK. I was going to say, who is the most massive following in the UK, but not... um, I I know they're America's team, but in all honesty, and I know you're a San Francisco fan. Detroit Uh, are America's team now. I thought that was the case. (laughs) They were for a week, and then we realized they were Detroit. Um, But but honestly, are the Cowboys the most popular team in the UK? They'd be in the conversation, because they both have... The relevance of the kind of older generation guys who grew up watching it in the 80s and 90s and the razzmatazz of it. And there are some weird teams that have big followings in the UK you wouldn't necessarily expect. The, the Bears, for example. Like, weirdly, William Refrigerator Perry is like an absolute superstar to a certain generation yeah. of people yeah. because of the 85 Bears and, and that team. And, like, I, I think from... Yeah, so teams like the Bears, the 49ers, the Cowboys have that kind of legacy. The Dolphins have that legacy thing as well. And then because the NFL has grown so exponentially over the last, well, what, 15 years, 16 years since we started getting games in the UK, you've got certain teams who have had success in that period. So the Patriots are very popular. The Seahawks are very popular because of that. I guess the Chiefs are probably starting to come up a little bit. I don't see it a lot, but they've got a really hardcore, like, UK fan group who are one of the best in the country. The Packers do very well. It's all the kind of legacy teams you'd expect. Or or I think big city teams as well. I mean, if you're based in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, easy places to visit from the UK, then always that's a a I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were popular. They they play there every year. And, And do you know what? They're probably more popular in London than they are in Jacksonville, if I'm to be honest. <laughs> um, the Giants do have a big following, and I think there are a lot of people's second team as well. And if they were to ever to move a team over our side, I think increasingly that's less and less likely. Sure. Um, versus f- five to ten years ago, I'd have told you they were determined to have done it by now, really, to be honest. Um, they definitely have. There is a, a group of people who will respect and enjoy the fact that they do come every year and they have that dedication and they have their links with, you know, Tony Khan and Fulham and all of that stuff as well. But they don't win very often. No, they don't. <laughs> and they're not very fashionable. And Jacksonville's not the most exciting place. Wouldn't you rather go to New Orleans? Wouldn't you rather go to Chicago? Jacksonville isn't screaming holiday location no, to you, unfortunately. Not, no. I'm really doing down. I've got so many friends at the Jaguars that I feel re- like, oh, well, I need them going to be listening. But 
I don't don't put this out on social media. No, we we, 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 of course we would not do anything on social media. Nobody does that kind of thing. It, it's not there. Now, as you get ready to do the play-by-play of the Super Bowl this coming Sunday, how many Taylor Swift references will make the broadcast in the UK? We have been debating this already this week. And I've got to tell you, I am a fully bona fide Swifty. I have no problem <laughs> saying it. My wife... I'm a Swifty. Uh, kind of... It, it, my, why, my, my wife... <laughs> fantastic. My, my wife indoctrinated me during lockdown. Um, and to the point where for a 10th uh, anniversary, I should probably remember that, we went out to Mexico and saw Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, properly, she is a super fan, and I tangentially am a fan. And I think, it, I, I don't know, maybe you guys are naysayers. I don't think it's a bad thing for the NFL. That no, it's a great thing. Really I don't understand grown-ass men that get angry every time they show her on TV. I mean, how many, like, they did that study, right? 25 seconds in a three-and-a-half-hour yeah. broadcast. How can that piss you off? Like, seriously, how can that be something that gets you that riled up? And from my perspective... You see so many of these people, these dads who... There was a dad in Buffalo whose daughter came with him to the game who's become a legitimate fan, and that was her route into it. And how much is that a market the NFL have wanted for so many years? Young, mostly female fans is like an untapped market for them. And so I think it's great. I will probably throw in... If Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown, I will probably throw in a Taylor Swift reference or two. (laughs) Throw a a song title? Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, how how, how much studying are you putting into this. this this was the problem that i found when it first all started happening when she first started going to games is that obviously people didn't have the depth of knowledge of taylor swift at that point maybe that's grown in the time maybe it's been as good for her as it has been for the nfl but you'd have the same four or five references coming up over and over and over again and so i think if i'm going to do it i want to do something that's so niche that only my wife would understand it and most people listening wouldn't even get that it was a taylor <laughs> swift reference. i don't have that in my head yet but i'll find a way I'll find a way. Well, you get a long plane ride back. Uh, well, the game will be over. <laughs> plan for next year. You see what I work yeah, with? Yeah, you said the, you said the Chiefs are back next year? <laughs> I, of that, course. See, it's certainly <laughs> possible. They've got Paddy, after all. Oh, yeah, my yes, goodness. Yes, they do. Always fun. Uh, beers tonight at the, uh, at the party. Obviously. Obviously. Will Gavin, talk sport. This has been a blast. Always nice. fun. Love Always it. fun catching up. Appreciate you stopping time. by. More coming up here from Radio Row in Las Vegas as we get ready for the game this coming Sunday. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe, live from Radio Row for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage continues. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Synergenics, their website, fixmylowtea.com. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. Always fun catching up with Will Gavin. Love seeing the comments on YouTube. Uh, the Brits are a lot of fun. They, they, they really are a fun group that... That dude is great. Uh, he he really is. And every time I always bend his ear about you know what how the NFL's doing in in uh, in, in the UK, and it's he just he answers every question. Well, and, and you look at it. Uh, I mean, Radio Row for radio guys is it's it's an annual convention. It is. Um, but you also become friends with a lot of people, and and Will has become a friend. I, I mean, this Super Bowl Fifty Eight. So I guess I met him ten, eleven, twelve years ago. Yeah, and. You know they're they're just fun dudes, but it is interesting to get the perspective from 
there because we hear about NFL Europe. Hell, the NFL is putting a game in Brazil ah, this year I know with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I can't imagine, but I can the Dallas Cowboys playing in Brazil as the road team. We know Jerry would fight giving up a home game. Well, Philadelphia is the one giving up this home game for this trip to Brazil. You know, so there are two teams that have been announced as home teams for overseas games this year, and the Cowboys are a visitor in two of those. I gotta believe that one of those games will involve the Dallas Cowboys as the visiting team. You know, that's just interesting, and and and. <laughs> You know, I don't know what the NFL does. I would love to bend uh, Goodell's ear, somebody that, that to give up, especially the home opener. I mean, that's when everybody's excited. You're going to the game, and, and the home opener's in Brazil. Uh, maybe a lot of Eagle fans will travel down there, but that's weird. But, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. And, and when the schedule, uh, you know, comes, is there a bye? There's, there's obviously not a bye week for that first game. But, I mean, if there's a game overseas in Europe, then... Um, well, if they're opening the season on a Friday, then you've got enough time to get back for your regular week for a Sunday game. Uh, sure, that's that's tough, though, right? I mean, but that's why I'm saying that's why I think they're they're making it a yeah, Friday. Yeah. So the NFL opening weekend, and I really want to go double birds up, Roger Goodell, for this because you're going to have Thursday night. Friday nights are sacred for high school football, right? I, in my mind, yes, and. You know, if the NFL is playing on a Friday, you know, to me that just that just bites. You own Thursday, you own Sunday, you own Monday, right? Friday is for high school football and small colleges, and even small college coaches. And when I say small, not Power Five, that gets them on TV, so they deal with it. But even those coaches don't like Friday night games, but they understand for the television revenue that comes with it. Hey, we're playing on a Friday. You know, remember Mac. You know, when Mac, they'd play on Tuesday and Wednesday because, hell, they were on TV. <laughs> it is bizarre. Here's a, a, a random Tuesday night college game, but we're watching because it was on. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, I can't believe that this is something that's going to be, you know, set in stone. I think this is, a, a you know, a one Friday night that they're going to do it just to see how it works out over there. Um, but opening night, that opening day for the Philadelphia Eagles, that just kind of – it. Boy, that's that's tough on the fans in Philly, in my mind. I mean, it really is. And I get the NFL; they're making money, they're doing all this kind of stuff. But yeah, for, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan, you got to be a little bit bummed that the home opener, the first game of the season that you've been looking forward to, and it's in Brazil. In Brazil, yeah. I, I mean, and that's the trade-off when you go global. But when you think about Going global and what we were talking about with Will Gavin. Those games are on at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And there's an audience for it. A massive audience for it. Um, There was a a lady that used to work at our radio station until she retired, Mary. Her son, Chris, lives in, I think it's China. It Uh, is China, China. I was going to say China. Yeah. And Cowboy games are on in the middle of the night. He goes to a sports bar that stays open. And the place is full yeah. with, with cowboy games on. And so while we feel like it's ours, you know, and, you know, like soccer is so popular here, you know, for your friends that, that watch soccer 
And, you know, I'm not that guy. So I couldn't tell you about the Premier League or the this or the that. But I know a whole bunch of my friends that do. Over there, it's the same thing. You know, there's there's the football crazy people that talk about it and people looking at them funny. Like, you watch that? Yeah. I Look, I, I'm the same way with you. And, and I want to ask Will, and I get a chance to ask him when he was here, but how, how does the NFL compare to that? Because obviously soccer over there is huge, right? Uh, and so I wonder if the NFL is gaining ground on that. And will it – I mean, I wonder. Well, it won't pass. One day, I don't know. I don't know. Think about it. The NFL and, – and when you watch a game in Europe, even the Jacksonville Jaguars, there are – it's full. It's a lottery system. There's people begging to get into these football games. And I just don't know that if – maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, maybe not 10 years from now, but I, I see it coming. The NFL is just, it's a monster. It is a monster. But I don't even know, quite honestly, that it would compare to soccer globally. When you think about just how big soccer is on an international level, and I'm not a big soccer guy. I'm the last one that should be talking about this. But even with that, I realize just how much bigger soccer is than football and in than the NFL globally you know the way football is in America is the way soccer is in every other country i mean you know a soccer guy some diehard soccer guy is probably saying minix you don't know what you're talking about you know that's like comparing uh, the NFL to the NHL you're a hockey guy but you know damn well you can't talk hockey on your show because nobody gives a damn in your listening audience in San Antonio well they obviously give a damn about the NFL in Europe because you got Will, who's grown exponentially. So that's what I'm saying. It's growing. It's a great game. They've got fantasy football over there. You've got gambling there. I mean, I, I can see this. And, and, again, it may be a slow thing, but the, just the momentum that the NFL has gotten over the last 10 years overseas is huge. The fact that it's going to Brazil. I mean, they're not doing that because Brazil's doing them a favor. No. They're doing it because there is a hunger, there is an appetite for NFL football. There, there, um, there is an appetite, uh, and, and they'll make a lot of money. And to sell out a stadium, 50, 60, 80,000, whatever the stadium is, even a 100,000-seat stadium, and you look at their populations, it's still a small percentage of people that are going to go. But they'll do things like what we have here with the NFL experience, which is set up you know, just down from us here at the Mandalay Bay, and people will go and they'll interact with it. What I'm saying is, as much as the NFL is growing, to think that it would come close to popularity with soccer or pass it at some point, I think it's too too far-fetched. And I think part of it, it's, it's you know, leagues over there need to get started where they would have their own. Like, you look at all the different leagues globally, and then they all come together for different events, the World Cup being one of the biggest ones, and the fact that, you know, kind of like, you know, we're going to have an NFL game in Brazil. Well, the World Cup's going to be in North America, because I know there's games in Mexico and Canada, but the final is in the United States, because they are also trying to grow soccer in this country, and they have seen the growth of soccer in this country. They have, and maybe, I mean, I could see that with a younger generation that played soccer. I never played soccer. It wasn't available when I was growing up. Nobody played soccer, so I didn't play, so I didn't, I didn't really get into it. Um, 
it's what I'm saying, kids now in Europe and, and other countries are seeing the NFL for the first time. They're growing up with it. Yep. They're they're playing it. And maybe it never overtakes it, but I bet you if you ask Will or any other Brit, if if the NFL would be as popular as it is now, if they ever saw that coming 20 years ago, and I bet you they'd tell you no. Yeah, it's it, fair, the Brits. <laughs> Those are some really... Really good dudes, really by the way. Dude. Will, yes, Will Gavin yes. is a really, really good Don't dude. Don't try to keep up with him either at the bar because uh, oh, no. you can't. No. No. No, he's got some Irish in him. Yeah, he does. He, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and if you go and watch it on video, he doesn't look at all like he sounds. Not at all. <laughs> that is a very polite accent, isn't it, the, the British accent? Well, that's why I was curious about his call. Is it? Very polite and, you know, from formation. I'd, I'd love to actually hear some of his play-by-play. Blimey! Just to hear, yeah, no, blimey, what the? Like, was, it bli- was it blimey? Blimey. Blimey, not limey. Yeah, that's kind of Is a bad a different? word. Yeah, that's that's a bad word. Can you say that on American radio, limey? Um, no, well, I, I mean, it's depending on how you're referencing it. <laughs> blimey. Blimey, Jason, look at that. That's the. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, you sound like the guy from Lucky Charms, which is not from me. It's, it's pretty close, though, isn't it? He's always stealing my Lucky Charms. Yeah, yeah not even close. Oh. I get confused with the English accent and the Australian accent. There's a difference. I don't think the Lucky Charms guy is Australian no, he's, either. He's, he's Irish. Yes, which is not Australian or, or or from England. I'm just saying, I'm making a point. That, well, you know, what, what, a what, what point are you making? Even though they sound kind of the same, they they don't. It's different. Because you got a, you got an Aussie and then a Brit, and they sound a little different. But Lucky Charms is Irish. Right. right. Which has nothing to do with an Aussie or a Brit. Well, he's classy, too, though. I mean, they're all in the same boat. Dude, I was comparing the Australian accent with the English accent. You're throwing in the Lucky Charms, dude. I don't know where you're going with that. Well, because you were trying to do a fake accent, which sounded more like Lucky Charms, (laughs) not English or uh, Australian. Well, I'm working on it. it Listening to Will, when you listen to this guy. How do you listen to Will try to mimic what he sounded like and sound like the guy from Lucky Charms? But don't you (laughs) want to talk like him? stealing my Lucky Charms. I do. (laughs) He's sitting there tired. They want to just talk like an Englishman. I mean that was better. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, but not great. I thought it was pretty good. And, you know, the funny thing is, Joe knew Will for about eight minutes uh-huh. in Los Angeles, uh-huh. and in the middle of the conversation, now there were there were lots of beers involved at this point. Yes, yes. And Joe had no idea about the Brits. Uh-huh. We didn't really forewarn you. No. And I guess we didn't see him on Monday, so. We see him at the party Tuesday night. We're beers in. Joe, this is the Brits, and you know Ollie, and like four of them are named Ollie. Yeah, which which yeah, I, don't I think get. everybody yeah, named Ollie a- except Will. Yeah, right. He's he's the king of the Brits. Maybe that's his middle name, and uh, it might be. <laughs> and literally, we didn't know this guy, or you didn't know this guy, ten minutes. And the conversation is going, and all of a sudden you're talking back to him I in know. a British accent. It's, it's hard not to do that when you sit there. It's, it's, uh, I wish I could talk like that on a regular basis. But you were doing it. I don't think to be funny. You were just responding <laughs> to him, hey, Will. talking to him. Can I get you another beer? <laughs> oh, forgive me. I forgot my Texan. 
<laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, it was just like all of a sudden, like you just adapted. Well, you're, you're like, like, like you felt to. the need to, yes. to talk back to him like this, but you weren't trying. You weren't, you, you know, it just, it just blurred it out. Like my wife, as she starts <laughs> drinking, her Spanish gets a lot better. You, <laughs> you were drinking, and all of a sudden, your British accent was coming out well, that you I, didn't know you had. I wasn't sure he understood what I was saying. So yeah, I put you think this guy doesn't understand English? <laughs> the guy from England doesn't understand English. What did he say about throwing out some octopuses? And what did he say? <laughs> I don't know what that was. He's, <laughs> I'm going to throw out some octopi. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Woo. You all right? I'm good, man. Good. Having a great time. So when Shereen Williams stops by in about 15 minutes, uh huh, are you going to use your English accent? No, I'll have to revert back to Texan <laughs> because you know Shereen is, is she's got a Texas accent. So I'll uh, I'll just go back to my natural tone. <laughs> Drawl. Natural tone. <laughs> like all of a sudden your voice has turned into skin color. <laughs> Gobbler's knob. <laughs> Oh, man, we'll try to class this thing up. You know, that's it. Fred on uh, YouTube says, uh, we're going to try hump day in an English accent. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that's going to go over good tomorrow. <laughs> Will you do it? Of course. I don't think you should. I'm doing it. Well, pledge, play tape. Oh, you know what we do? <laughs> we get Will over here to do it with you. That'd be great. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that'll be tomorrow. All right. Here on at the Blitz. <laughs> Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds radio row coverage from Las Vegas continues. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and Synergenics. Man, what a vibe around here. A lot of energy here on Radio Row in Las Vegas as we get ready for the Super Bowl. A lot of energy. A lot of people here for a Tuesday. Well, you know, and again, you look at it. What's crazy, all Super Bowl cities are are insane if you... Think about it, but but Las Vegas, there are so many different things that are going on that have nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Our Uber driver this morning was telling us, I don't know what, was, what do you call it, a, a roofer convention that's going on, yeah, or there's some kind of cabinet maker, or yeah, some other, like that. you know, that that's going on. This is going on. Somebody tweeted us. I guess WWE is doing something Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've got the livers here too. The Live Golf Celebrity Tournament this weekend. Oh, yeah. The the Live Types. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to a wrestling thing. Probably wouldn't anyway. But Thursday night's the big cigar party. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not missing that. No, we'll be there. Yes. Because now, there's a cigar or two with my name on it. Uh, now, tomorrow night, we have planned to go downtown. Uh, Rob and I want to take Joe Reinagle to the El Cortez. Yes, sir. I've never been. But Joe Reinagle spun a wheel earlier and won passes to a party. Yes. Uh, now, this must be an exclusive party because they're like, well, there's six of us. Like, here you go. So 
<laughs> can't be that exclusive. Well, I, I mean, but you have to have a pass to get there. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it is, but at least now we have options. We do. We do. Well, my option number one would be to go gamble. That that was that's my option number one. Now this party may be a good place to, uh, um, you know, pregame. Might be a good place for that, but uh, if I have my option and and number one on that list would be to go uh, to the El Cortez and then somewhere else and and you know try to win some money. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're going to do that. Yes. So we apparently aren't going to have Laura Oakham here, right? Uh, I, I and, and you know it's funny because we always talk in the studio. You know, Pledger will give us hand signals, and I have no idea if I'm stealing second, third. Go, uh, <laughs> what, what does that mean? I'm getting hand signals from Spence right now, who is also also trying to mouth what he is saying. Although he was at the dentist earlier today, and it's still a little numb. Tim, what's going on? Three something, three thirty-five, three forty-five. Like here? Yeah, we can't do that. Uh, so we'll have to figure it out. So apparently we don't have Laura Oakham today. We'll 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 figure out something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, not worried about it. However, uh, you know I like the easier choices of a party or gambling. I can deal with that. That's an easy test for me. Party or gambling? Yes. Yeah, we're we're gambling. Yeah, you're going yeah, gambling. Done. Not partying. Well, you can do both at the same time. It depends on how your night goes. Like the other night at the blackjack tables, you know, I wasn't in a partying mood. But then I hit the slot machine, my mood lifted. It did. It's funny how that works that way. When you 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 have to hand your money over and all your chips as well, then you're kind of in a bad mood. When you get money back, though, it's like, ah, life is good. What was that again? Ah, life is good. Well, that was yeah. the slot machine that was talking to, to <laughs> Joe the other night. <laughs> Yeah, that was the beer talk a little bit later on. And then we ended up at that uh, dueling piano bar, which I love to go to. It was fun. I I mean, see, that's you you and I both come to Vegas a lot, right? But we do Vegas very differently. You never leave the casino. I spend a lot of time, but then I'll go find other places to, to go to. And and then and then you do that, like the piano bar there at Harris. Uh, then you know sometimes you run into your buddy like Doug Kazarian because he runs Las Vegas. <laughs> Is that um, right? And yeah, and all the all the different uh, uh, things. He was at Circa the other day and won some big ass thing. Is that right? Yeah, one of their big tournaments. Thing. Wasn't it Circa that had the five and O contest? Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. Circa that did that. Uh, it wasn't a weekly thing; it was a yearly thing, uh, and I thought it was pretty cool. And you didn't have to win five each week. It's just your total wins. That's who won. But there had to be a bazillion people in that. Absolutely, thing. Be T- tough. tough thing to, yeah. to to win that one. Uh, but like that that piano bar, we we will generally find ourselves in there at least one night. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They have these uh, uh, twins that both have long blonde hair. We're that, still talking about the piano bar? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, they, they, they both play the piano. Oh, okay, it, it's, right, it, right. it's a lot of fun in there. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, they don't work on <laughs> Sunday nights. Well, they're, they're good girls. <laughs> they don't work on Sunday night. Yeah, that's nice. They're good girls. When you're talking about twins in Vegas, you got to clarify. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you never know. There's a lot of different things to do here in Vegas when it comes to that. Like what? Well, I... Uh, just let your imagination run wild. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Twins, huh? Twins. <laughs> oh. You know, well, I like the, porn. 
the, the, <laughs> the best thing about Vegas is you can buy just about anything here. Including twins. Including twins. If you want to make it triplets, you could probably do that. Who <laughs> be stealing my lucky charms? <laughs> Yeah, like I said, Joe's trips to Vegas are very different than mine. I didn't know that was on the menu. <laughs> that was back in my younger days. Oh, really? Yes. It wasn't really. Well, no, it wasn't, actually. That was never in my uh, in my younger days. But, uh, you know, this was years ago. Years ago. I did. I, uh, I went to a, 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 a strip club, and it was packed. It was like 2 in the morning. Yeah. The place was packed. But it was like, I mean, you're just like, Everywhere you looked, it was like, bam, pow. Well, you, you realize there are 24 hours here. Yeah, well, I, I, now I do. Yeah. But it was like, uh, I don't know where, do they import these women? I don't know where they. Actually, they I, do. I, I'm sure they do. They do. It, it, it's it's pretty amazing because, um, well, you know, as you bring that up, I saw on, uh, on Twitter, apparently All-Star is closed. Did it really? Yeah, I, I had no idea. So, in uh, San Antonio? Yeah, in San Antonio. Wow. Uh, so we're down... A couple of them, right? Some I of the, suppose. You, know, you go back to the 90s when we would go, um, you know, the, the, like All-Stars closed. That's crazy. They, I, I mean, I I don't know why. I don't know all the background. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn. I, I haven't been there in forever. Well, right? I haven't either. You know, I, yeah. Can't really do that. I mean, and, and not that I want to, but you can't really do it. Yeah. So, um I forget where I was going with that. Uh, but <laughs> all stars closed. Oh, all, all stars closed. But they put yeah, a historical I, marker up. But but if you think about the last time you were in there, the best one, uh huh, might not make the cut for Vegas. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All hours of the day, it is incredible. There used to be, and I won't name names, but if you know who I'm talking about, you know, who used to be a reporter on Channel Four. In San Antonio, uh-huh. who now lives in Vegas or was living in Vegas. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know you do. And she yes. was working at a, a, a place here. And we were out here for a fight. And she was like, well, come to our post-fight party. And we did. And holy cow. It was like she was like a manager of the place. She was. Right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was. Yeah, she wasn't on stage yeah. by any stretch. But she was, you know, marketing and sure. connecting. Yeah. And, yeah. and holy cow. I mean, it's like. It was a buffet. Uh, a buffet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, that was one hell of a uh, of, of a fight night. Is this a Golden Corral buffet or is this a a Bellagio buffet? I would say Bellagio. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if Bruce Chris had a buffet, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy out here. I mean, Las Vegas is just, and I think that's why people like to come is a fantasy land for adults. Right, I mean, you come out here and it's just like it's a fantasy land. I mean, money means nothing. Uh, you're doing stuff you you probably wouldn't do at home, and it's just uh, that's what makes it so attractive. It it really is uh, a, a lot of fun. Last night, opening night in the <laughs> NFL, it was. I don't even want to say organized chaos. It was a bleep show, to be honest with you. But it was entertaining, as you might expect. Uh, Learn some things about Joe Reinagle. Like he's afraid of the guys in the Blue Man Group. We will explain (laughs) as we continue here on the Blitz, live uh, on Radio Row, our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage, brought to you by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. 
He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Road coverage brought to you by Southern Recipe, Small Batch Pork Rinds, and Synergenics. Always a lot of fun on Radio Row. And one of the great things about our Super Bowl trip is we always run into some good friends. Now, if you guys... Uh, have been listening a long time. There are always some sort of drunken stories with Rob and I, especially when Rob and I were co-hosts, and we just refer to these dudes as the Brits. Uh-huh. What, what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> like, like as if we're giving the entire nation a terrible, terrible reputation. I, I would not, I would not say at all that it would be a terrible reputation. But the king of the Brits is with us now. The His king name of is, the Brits. The, yes, Will Gavin um, is, is joining us now here on Radio Row, and your talk sport. You are blowing up. When I say king of the Brits. Dude, you are doing the play-by-play of the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. It's wild. It's, How it, the hell did that happen? I, I remember coming to my first Super Bowl, uh, which was Super Bowl 49 in Arizona, and I was doing it all off my own back. I paid for my own flights, my own hotel. Like I was doing little hits and little updates into talk sport where I was working basically as like an assistant producer. And, you know, I probably lost thousands of pounds slash dollars on that whole trip but i got to go to i think one of the great super bowls of modern times and i was happy with it to fast forward to what 10 years later and now be not just here and having the swankiest setup on radio row and doing all sorts of big interviews and Did you hear him just throw it else? out on the table like that yeah. yes the swankiest of setups seriously considering that we brought all that stuff across the pond with us like it's not a bad little not a bad you made it worth over it. there um it's uh, seriously it's like dream come true territory i we went to opening night last night where we saw you guys and and, and sat there and I, I went and sat on the home team bench between the sessions and i looked up to where our broadcast booth was and i looked around that stadium which probably had a good twenty thousand, thirty thousand people in it last night right and i just thought like I, I had like a pinch myself had to take a breath just calm down and level out moment because it is it's wild and i have the, the get to cover the sport i love that's growing so much in our country and, and get to do it like this is amazing. You know, Will, that's the thing. And I met you about three years ago, the first Super Bowl I came to as a member of the San Antonio Sports Star crew. And, and I love to pick your brain about how popular the NFL is becoming, um, you know, all over Europe. I mean, my goodness, it's just blowing up, isn't it? Seriously, I've been to the Germany games the last two years. I did play-by-play in Munich and then again in Frankfurt the last two years. And... Honestly, those fans are amongst the best fans in the, uh, that I've ever experienced at any sporting event, be it you know college football, pro football, soccer, whatever it might be. They were absolutely incredible. And the UK fans, I mean, there has to be a level of dedication, right? If you follow a sport where the best games are being played at one in the morning, <laughs> then there's got to be a bit of a love for it yes. in some way, right? Like, we're, we're doing Sunday night football every single week on TalkSport 2, and we're there until 4, 4.30 in the morning. What's amazing is we can see that there's an audience there with us, listening along, engaging, getting involved, and it, it, you've just seen it grow and grow and grow over the years. It's, it's amazing to see. Will Gavin joining us here on The Blitz, a guy that's become a good friend uh, through the years uh, because of Radio Row. And you mentioned Sunday Night Football. Are you doing the play-by-play for that remotely? No, so what we do for in, in-season games, uh, when it's not the games in Europe or when we come out to do these games, we ha- we take like the Westwood One feed. Okay. And then when they throw to a timeout, when there's a, a break in play or something like that, 
We'll come back to the studio, be myself normally, either by myself or, or with yeah, little Ollie Hunter, who's often here on Radio oh, Row yeah. with us. Yeah, those guys. And we'll sit and we will chat about the game and we'll give our thoughts on what we've just seen and we'll go to Twitter and read out some uh, listener interactions and stuff. And then when we hear the radio guys are back, we throw back and we go to Kevin Harlan or whoever it is for the All call. Right, you bring up Kevin Harlan, and, and, and I'm curious... Yeah, because I, I I love Kevin Harlan. I think he's one of the best play-by-play guys out there. You doing play-by-play with your accent? What kind of call do you have? Like we hear like soccer calls <laughs> and the craziness that will go with that. What does Will Gavin sound like calling American football on radio? All across. Do, do, do you know what's very funny is I uh, I did this earlier with another station. Is I it just, very polite? And I invented a play. I just did it uh, for them. It's it, I got to say I am heavily influenced by the fact that I've grown up listening to the greats of American sports commentary and, and on radio in particular. Like you go back to you want to talk about the growth of the NFL in the UK as somebody who came into the sport in the kind of nineties and early noughties back then you didn't get TV coverage like you do now. And I'm listening to Sunday Night Football on Armed Forces Radio, which we're getting on kind of, yeah, just able to just about get in our homes, right? And so uh, that's what I listened to growing up and what I love. So I'd, I'd say you'd be surprised how Americanized it is. But with the British accent, obviously everything sounds classier, right? Well, and I did, uh, do, overly do, polite. Do, do, doing, the, doing the game in Germany when um, uh, I, I, I don't even remember the Chiefs Dolphins game, but there was that absolutely phenomenal uh, play where Tyreek Hill gets hit by Trent McDuffie, spills the ball, Justin Reed picks it up, and scoot and played that lateral pass on the touchdown. And I actually said "blimey" during the call, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was totally not on purpose. I didn't think. To myself i'm gonna say something really british I went, blimey and i was just like i didn't it just came out and i couldn't help myself and so you know there's i'm sure that audio exists somewhere in the world but is, I'm not is there a meaning to blimey is it's just it's a very polite british way of saying like holy oh my cow. god holy cow. yeah exactly <laughs> holy cow it's, it's the it's the english holy cow there now, we go i, I, I love that i nearly blimey. swore and i holy you know, cow. need to represent my country better than that. now i don't know if you could see joe working blimey into a senate <laughs> Rob Thompson could work blimey into mm-hmm. a sentence, sound like he knows exactly what he is saying, and be completely off base with it. I completely agree. I, I uh, 100%. I, I, I still retell the tale. I, we talk about, you guys talk about the Brits. We talk about our Texan friends. Oh, boy. And, and uh, we, people were asking me about the media party this year, which is, is coming up tonight. We, I, and I was retelling the tale from last year where we're on this ranch outside of, this, uh, outside <laughs> yes. of Arizona. We're sat around a fire. We weren't outside of Arizona. We're, we were in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Outside the city. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, yeah, we're in the state of Arizona. <laughs> American geography's rubbish. Don't even start me. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> um, we were in the state outside of Phoenix, sorry, was what I meant to say. And we were in this beautiful ranch, and there's fires going, and whiskey in hand, cigar in the other. And Rob's telling us these stories about going hunting for, like, rare game, but in Texas. Well, hogs. Hunting hogs. It was hogs. Hunting hogs with, a, with just a Bowie knife and stuff. And I'm like, this is the most American conversation I have ever engaged in in my life. And I loved it. I loved every moment. I hung on every word. You don't do that where you're from. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no love, love and not a fighter, that's for sure. <laughs> no. You did say, though, you wanted to go on a hunt with us. Oh, I yeah. I, I'm very much a believer of... 
you've got to try everything once. I'm sure there was a time when I was a teenager when I, I so I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, which I know won't be popular on this station. I'm sure not you at guys, all. Not you guys at all. It was fun talking to you. You guys are all Mahomes, all Chiefs, Texas Tech nonsense. That's fine, but. I, I, <laughs> like, my old man, uh, which is what we call our dads. In, yeah, in yeah, we, yeah, we did the same. Okay, yeah, actually, that's yeah. fine, okay. Uh -huh. So my old man worked for a company that was based partially in San Francisco, and so he used to spend a lot of time out there. And I'm sure there was a time when I was a teenager and I travelled out there and I was invited to go to a, a game at Candlestick, or and I could have said, no, nah, it's not my thing, I've never done... And I didn't. I went, yeah, do you know what, why not? Give it a chance. I've never seen it before, never engaged with it before, and I fell in love with it. And so, you know, I don't think I'm going to fall in love with Hunter, if I give hunting a try, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, take an opportunity to have a bit of an all-American experience. Okay, now, well, what, well, what, what is it you do for fun when you're not working? What, what, what do you do for fun? He drinks. Uh, well, I, besides, we all do that. that. That's something we have in common for sure. Uh, my problem is, is that American football is probably how I spend my free time as well because I'm an absolute nerd. Like I, I talked about earlier, the 1 a.m. thing, right? It takes a real sort of dedication to be like I'm listening to uh, NFL podcasts in and out of work every day. I'm like consuming everything they'll give us on the TV. Like I, so that's my, my I guess my kind of I'm in like more fantasy leagues than you could ever imagine and those guys are my guys and we hang out all the time and like even when it's not in the season and we all we're all just sports fans in general so love rugby love our football love everything else as well so when you get to work doing the thing that you love it's really cheesy but like that means you want to do that thing all of the time right like it's it's kind of you know that's well yeah. it's true I, I however a line i use all the time my job is everybody else's hobby uh, uh, yeah exactly which is also when people complain about the hours that i work particularly my wife in this instance <laughs> uh, another line i'll try out is this sport is something that happens in other people's free time right it's something that you doesn't happen between nine and five because you're in the office it happens in the evening so i have to work in the evening and so yeah i get to do <laughs> what everyone else wants to do as a job right it's it's absolutely now, now gambling is is cool, right? Where you're from, I mean... <laughs> right, gambling's because, cool, right? Well, what I mean, a sentence. Well, you know what, what I'm saying, right? I mean, but I mean, it's legal is what, I'm, what I meant to Just say, Just to be right? clear, you know, 18 plus, be gamblerware.org. That's what we'd have to say on UK right. radio if uh, if we were doing this. Is it 21 in Texas? I don't uh, 18. know. But 18. Well, it's 18. not legal in Texas. You, you yeah, can't that's drink the problem. 21, but yeah. it's, it's a huge part of the culture in the UK and actually, you know, a huge part of my industry. I'm not, I'm not actually a big gambler. I'm a I'm a chuck a few quid on a, uh, I, like, I'll have like a... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Chuck a few quid. Put a few pounds on, put a few, like, like you know, <laughs> like, like $20? Yeah, like, yeah, $10 bets, right. $20 bets, you know, on, on, like, putting on some accumulators, some acres, what's it called, a parlay. Yeah, so, yeah. The, the, <laughs> to use the American parlance. Um, like, I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys, I like to do fun things, which is like, you know stuff that's football nerdy about like the overs and the unders and the yardage and the usage and stuff like that but i i'm not a huge sports gambler there's a lot of guys that work with us who will like dedicate a huge amount of their weekend to it and it is i mean we're out here sponsored by a betting company and that's how we can afford to come out and do this coverage and they it's a huge thing that's followed in the uk so for us this kind of vegas super bowl connection it makes zero sense that it's never been in sin city before whereas anyone who asks from here is like yeah that's because the nfl pretended gambling didn't exist <laughs> about exactly. three years ago so <laughs> uh, that it's it is bizarre to us and obviously not to do a kind of public service announcement 
gambling is something that needs to be done in kind of respectful ways. And sure. It can ruin lives and everything else, but also it can be a lot of fun. Right? I'm still trying you to learn the properly. whole responsibility thing. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I've, heard you're, I've heard you're a Vegas guy, Joe, <laughs> so don't even start. Like... <laughs> It's exactly yes. what it is. Will Gavin <laughs> here on The Blitz. He does a show. Uh, how do people hear your show streaming? Um, or can they? Uh, yeah, they can. We do. So um, TalkSport 2 uh, is our kind of secondary station, a bit like you know, an ESPN 2. Yeah. So we're doing a daily show on there from here on Radio Row at, at midday and, and repeated at 6 p.m. Uh, every day UK time. So that's what central time, 6 a.m. And, and midday every day. So if people wanted to hear that, they can hear it at the TalkSport website. If they, if they wanted to hear more British men talking about American football, uh, we're also doing some live stuff on YouTube <laughs> on Thursday and Friday. We're doing like an honours show on Friday morning, our time, so middle of the night in Texas, if you were so inclined. If you wanted to watch a YouTube stream of some English men talk about football, 11pm on, th- on Thursday night, we'll be there. I, I what mean, a rock and roll it, way it, to it, start it. your weekend. Now, now, here's the thing. We call ourselves, <laughs> we're, we're talk show hosts. Yes. He is not a talk show host. I'm a radio presenter. He's a radio presenter. But it just sounds so classy the way he says it. You know, we're from He's a radio Dude, presenter. I mean, you know, yeah, right, so not only do they have the biggest setup here. Yeah. Swanky. Swanky. Swanky, yes. Swankiest. For, for our audience to understand the level of star that we have sitting with us here is with, with Will Gavin, the man sits down in his chair. And then somebody puts his headphones on, and he uh-huh. starts presenting radio. Yes. Yes. And they saw there was a camera. There was a makeup artist that came over. I mean, the whole thing. The, the, the whole, the whole yes. thing is, yeah, is I, insane. I mean, I'm not going to deny it, because who in Texas is ever going to check? Like, although weird, I've, I've started doing a lot on, um, as I said, 49ers fan, but we uh, there's this whole thing with NFL teams. Not to get boring about it, but they have like international marketing agreements. There are certain teams that are allowed to market in certain countries. So there's like six teams who very specifically operate in the UK. And one of those is the 49ers. And so I've done a lot of work on KNBR and those guys as well. And weirdly, I've been getting loads and loads of more followers from like the San Francisco Bay Area who interact with any content we put out about the 49ers and stuff. So who knows? Maybe I could become a star in Texas as well. Absolutely. The Cowboys don't have that agreement? Uh, no, they do not. I actually don't know. If the Cowboys have that agreement anywhere. No, no, no Cowboys in the UK, I'm afraid. Big following in the UK. I was going to say, who is the most massive following in the UK, but not. Um, I, I know they're America's team, but in all honesty, and I know you're a San anymore, Francisco though, are fan. They? Detroit uh, are America's team now. I thought yeah. that was the case. <laughs> they were for a week, and then we realized they were Detroit. Um, but, but honestly, are the Cowboys the most popular team in the UK? They'd be in the conversation because they both have. The relevance of the kind of older generation guys who grew up watching it in the 80s and 90s and the razzmatazz of it. And there are some weird teams that have big followings in the UK you wouldn't necessarily expect. The, the Bears, for example. Like, weirdly, William Refrigerator Perry is like an absolute superstar to a certain generation yeah. of people yeah. because of the 85 Bears and, and that team. And, like, I, I think from... Yeah, so teams like the Bears, the 49ers, the Cowboys have that kind of legacy. The Dolphins have that legacy thing as well. And then because the NFL has grown so exponentially over the last, well, what, 15 years, 16 years since we started getting games in the UK, you've got certain teams who have had success in that period. So the Patriots are very popular. The Seahawks are very popular because of that. 
I guess the Chiefs are probably starting to come up a little bit. I don't see it a lot, but they've got a really hardcore, like, UK fan group who are one of the best in the country. The Packers do very well. It's all the kind of legacy teams you'd expect. Sure. Or, or I think big city teams as well. I mean, if you're based in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, easy places to visit from the UK, then always that's a, a I big thought boom. the Jacksonville Jaguars were popular. They, they play there every year. And, and do you know what? They're probably more popular in London than they are in Jacksonville, if I'm to be honest. <laughs> um, the Jacks do have a big following, and I think there are a lot of people's second team as well. And if they were to ever to move a team over our side, I think increasingly that's less and less likely. Sure. Um, versus f- five to ten years ago, what I've told you, they were determined to have done it by now, really, to be honest. Um, they definitely have. There is a, a group of people who will respect and enjoy the fact that they do come every year and they have that dedication and they have their links with, you know, Tony Khan and Fulham and all of that stuff as well. But they don't win very often. No, they don't. <laughs> and they're not very fashionable. And Jacksonville's not the most they're exciting place. Wouldn't you rather go to New Orleans? Wouldn't you rather go to Chicago? <laughs> Jacksonville isn't screaming holiday location no, to you, unfortunately. Not, no. I'm really doing down. I've got so many friends at the Jaguars that I feel re- like, oh, well, I need them going to be listening. But uh, don't, don't put this out on social media. No, we, 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 of course we would not do anything on social media. Nobody does that kind of thing. It, it's not there. Now, as you get ready to do the play-by-play, of the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. How many Taylor Swift references will make the broadcast in the UK? We have been debating this already this week. And I've got to tell you, I am a fully bona fide Swifty. I have no problem <laughs> saying it. My wife... I'm a Swifty. Kind of, my, my, my wife... <laughs> fantastic. My, my wife indoctrinated me during lockdown. Um, and to the point where for a 10th uh, anniversary, I should probably remember that, we went out to Mexico and saw Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, properly, she is a super fan, and I tangentially am a fan. And I think, it, I, I don't know, maybe you guys are naysayers. I don't think it's a bad thing for the NFL. That no, it's a great thing. Really I don't understand grown-ass men that get angry every time they show her on TV. I mean, how many, like, they did that study, right? 25 seconds in a three-and-a-half-hour yeah. broadcast. How can that piss you off? Like, seriously, how can that be something that gets you that riled up? And from my perspective... You see so many of these people, these dads who... There was a dad in Buffalo whose daughter came with him to the game who's become a legitimate fan, and that was her route into it. And how much is that a market the NFL have wanted for so many years? Young, mostly female fans is like an untapped market for them. And so I think it's great. I will probably throw in... If Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown, I will probably throw in a Taylor Swift reference or two. (laughs) Through a a song title? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean, how how, how much studying are you putting into this. this this was the problem that i found when it first all started happening when she first started going to games is that obviously people didn't have the depth of knowledge of taylor swift at that point maybe that's grown in the time maybe it's been as good for her as it has been for the nfl but you'd have the same four or five references coming up over and over and over again and so i think if i'm going to do it i want to do something that's so niche that only my wife would understand it and most people listening wouldn't even get that it was a taylor <laughs> swift reference. i don't have that in my head yet but i'll find a way I'll find a way. Well, you yeah. get a long plane ride back. Uh, well, the game will be over. <laughs> plan for next year. You see what I yeah, work yeah, with? You said the, chief, you said the Chiefs are back next year? <laughs> yeah, of course. See, it's certainly <laughs> possible. They've got Patty, after all. Oh, yeah, my yes, goodness. Yes, they do. Always fun. Uh, beers tonight at the, uh, at the party. Obviously. Obviously. Will Gavin, talk sport. This has been a blast. Always nice. fun.
Love Always it. fun catching up. Appreciate you stopping time. by. More coming up here from Radio Row in Las Vegas as we get ready for the game this coming Sunday. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe, live from Radio Row for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryanagel. I'm Jason Minix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage continues. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, Synergenics, their website, fixmylowtea.com. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. Always fun catching up with Will Gavin. Love seeing the comments on YouTube. Uh, the Brits are a lot of fun. They, they, they really are a fun group that... That dude is great. Uh, he he really is. And every time I always bend his ear about you know what how the NFL's doing in in uh, in, in the UK, and it's he just he answers every question. Well, and and you look at it. Uh, I mean, Radio Row for Radio Guys is it's it's an annual convention. It is. Um, but you also become friends with a lot of people, and and Will has become a friend. I, I mean, this Super Bowl Fifty Eight. So I guess I met him ten, eleven, twelve years ago. Yeah, and. You know they're they're just fun dudes, but it is interesting to get the perspective from there because we hear about NFL Europe. Hell, the NFL is putting a game in Brazil ah, this year. I know with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I can't imagine, but I can. The Dallas Cowboys playing in Brazil is the road team. We know Jerry would fight giving up a home game. Well, Philadelphia is the one giving up this home game for this trip to Brazil. You know, so there are two teams that have been announced as home teams for overseas games this year, and the Cowboys are a visitor in two of those. I gotta believe that one of those games will involve the Dallas Cowboys as the visiting team. You know, that's just interesting, and and and. <laughs> You know, I don't know what the NFL does. I would love to bend uh, Goodell's ear, somebody that, that to give up, especially the home opener. I mean, that's when everybody's excited. You're going to the game, and, and the home opener's in Brazil. Uh, maybe a lot of Eagle fans will travel down there, but that's weird. But, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. And, and when the schedule, uh, you know, comes, is there a bye? There's, there's obviously not a bye week for that first game. But, I mean, if there's a game overseas in Europe, then... Um, well, if they're opening the season on a Friday, then you've got enough time to get back for your regular week for a Sunday game. Uh, sure, that's that's tough, though, right? I mean, but that's why I'm saying that's why I think they're they're making it a yeah, Friday. Yeah. So the NFL opening weekend, and I really want to go double birds up, Roger Goodell, for this because you're going to have Thursday night. Friday nights are sacred for high school football, right? I, in my mind, yes, and. You know, if the NFL is playing on a Friday, you know, to me, that's just that's just bites. You own Thursday, you own Sunday, you own Monday, right? Friday is for high school football and small colleges and even small college coaches. And when I say small, not power five, that gets them on TV. So they deal with it. But even those coaches don't like Friday night games, but they understand for the television revenue that comes with it. Hey, we're playing on a Friday. You know, remember Matt? You know, when Mac, they'd play on Tuesday and Wednesday because, hell, they were on TV. <laughs> it is bizarre. Here's a, a, a random Tuesday night college game, but we're watching because it was on. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, I can't believe that this is something that's going to be, 
you know, set in stone. I think this is, a, a, you know, a one Friday night that they're going to do it just to see how it works out over there. Um, but opening night, that opening day for the Philadelphia Eagles, that just kind of, it, boy, that's, that's tough on the fans in Philly. In my mind. I mean, it really is. And I get the NFL. They're making money. They're doing all this kind of stuff. But if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan, you got to be a little bit bummed that the home opener, the first game of the season that you've been looking forward to, and it's in Brazil. In Brazil. Yeah. I I mean, and that's the trade-off when you go global. But when you think about going global and what we were talking about with Will Gavin, those games are on at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And there's an audience for it, a massive audience for it. Um, There was a a lady that used to work at our radio station until she retired, Mary. Her son, Chris, lives in, I think it's China. It Uh, is China, China, yes. I was going to say China. Yeah. And Cowboy Games are on in the middle of the night. He goes to a sports bar that stays open, and the place is full with, with Cowboy Games on. And so while we feel like it's ours... You know, and, you know, like soccer is so popular here, you know, for your friends that that watch soccer and, you know, I'm not that guy. So I couldn't tell you about the Premier League or the this or the that. But I know a whole bunch of my friends that do over there. It's the same thing. You know, there's there's the football crazy people that talk about it and people looking up funny like you watch that. Yeah, I look, I I'm the same way with you. And and I want to ask Will and I get a chance to ask him when he was here, but. How, how does the NFL compare to that? Because obviously soccer over there is huge, right? Uh, and so I wonder if the NFL is gaining ground on that. And will it? I mean, I wonder. Well, it won't pass. One day, I don't know. I don't know. Think about it. The NFL, and, and when you watch a game in Europe, even the Jacksonville Jaguars, there are it's full. It's a lottery system. There's people begging to get into these football games. And I just don't know that if... Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, maybe not 10 years from now, but I I see it coming. The NFL is just, it's a monster. It is a monster, but I don't even know, quite honestly, that it would compare to soccer globally. When you think about just how big soccer is on an international level, and I'm not a big soccer guy. I'm the last one that should be talking about this, but even with that... I realize just how much bigger soccer is than football and and than the NFL globally. You know, the way football is in America is the way soccer is in every other country. I mean, you know, a soccer guy, some diehard soccer guy is probably saying, Minix, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, that's like comparing uh, the NFL to the NHL. You're a hockey guy, but, you know, damn well you can't talk hockey on your show because nobody gives a damn in your listening audience in San Antonio. Well, they obviously give a damn about the NFL in Europe. Because you got Will, who's grown exponentially. So that's what I'm saying. It's growing. It's a great game. They've got fantasy football over there. You've got gambling there. I mean, I I can see this. And, and again, it may be a slow thing. But just the momentum that the NFL has gotten over the last 10 years overseas is huge. The fact that it's going to Brazil. I mean, they're not doing that because Brazil's doing them a favor. No. They're doing it because there is a hunger, there is an appetite for NFL football. There, there, um, there is an appetite, uh, and, and they'll make a lot of money. And to sell out a stadium 
50, 60, 80,000, whatever the stadium is, even a 100,000 seat stadium, and you look at their populations, it's still a small percentage of people that are going to go, but they'll do things like what we have here with the NFL experience, which is set up, you know, just down from us here at the Mandalay Bay, and people will go and they'll interact with it. What I'm saying is, as much as the NFL is growing, to think that it would come close to popularity with soccer or pass it at some point i think it's too too far-fetched i think part of it it's it's you know leagues over there need to get started where they would have their own like you look at all the different leagues globally and then they all come together for different events the world cup being one of the biggest ones and the fact that you know kind of like you know we're going to have an nfl game in brazil well the world cup's going to be in North America, because I know there's games in Mexico and Canada, but the final is in the United States, because they are also trying to grow soccer in this country, and they have seen the growth of soccer in this country. They have, and maybe, I mean, I could see that with a younger generation that played. So I never played soccer; it wasn't available when I was growing up. Nobody played soccer, so I didn't play. So I didn't, I didn't really get into it. Um, What I'm saying, kids now in Europe and and other countries are seeing the NFL for the first time. They're growing up with it. They're they're playing it. And maybe it never overtakes it, but I bet you if you ask Will or any other Brit, if if the NFL would be as popular as it is now, if they ever saw that coming 20 years ago, and I bet you they'd tell you no. Yeah, it's fair, the Brits. Those are some really... Really good dudes, really by the way. Dude. Will, yes, Will Gavin yes. is a really, really good Don't dude. Don't try to keep up with him either at the bar because oh, uh, no. you can't. No. No. No, he's got some Irish in him. Yeah, he does. He, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and if you go and watch it on video, he doesn't look at all like he sounds. Not at all. That <laughs> is a very polite accent, isn't it? The, the British accent. Well, that's why I was curious about his call. Is it? Very polite and, you know, from formation. I'd, I'd love to actually hear some of his play-by-play. Blimey! Just to hear, yeah, oh, blimey, what the? Like, was, it bli- was it blimey? Blimey. Blimey, not limey. Yeah, that's kind of a bad a different? word. Yeah, that's that's a bad word. Can you say that on American radio, limey? Um, no, well, I, I mean, it's depending on how you're referencing it. <laughs> blimey. Blimey, Jason, look at that. That's the. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, you sound like the guy from Lucky Charms, which is not from me. It's, it's pretty close, though, isn't it? He's always stealing my Lucky Charms. Yeah, yeah not even close. Oh. I get confused with the English accent and the Australian accent. There's a difference. I don't think the Lucky Charms guy is Australian no, he's, either. He's, he's Irish. Yes, which is not Australian or, or or from England. I'm just saying. I'm making a point. That, well, you know, what, what, a what, what point are you making? Even though they sound kind of the same, they they don't. It's different because you got a you got an Aussie and then a Brit, and they sound a little different. But Lucky Charms is Irish, right? right. Which has nothing to do with an Aussie or a Brit. Well, he's classy, too, though. I mean, they're all in the same boat. Dude, I was comparing the Australian accent with the English accent. You're throwing in the Lucky Charms, dude. I don't well, know where you're because, going with that. Well, because you were trying to do a fake accent, which sounded more like Lucky Charms, <laughs> not English or uh, Australian. Well, I, I'm working I, I mean, on it. It was, listening to yeah, Will, yeah. when you listen to this guy. How do you listen to Will try to mimic what he sounded like and sound like the guy from Lucky Charms? But don't you want to talk <laughs> like him? my Lucky Charms. I do. <laughs> He's sitting there tired. I want to just talk like an Englishman. <laughs> I mean, that was better. <laughs>
<laughs> it was it was it was, it was it was but not great. I thought it was pretty good. Hey, you know, the funny thing is, Joe knew Will for about eight minutes uh-huh. in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And in the middle of the conversation, now there were there were lots of beers involved at this point. Yes, yes. And Joe had no idea about the Brits. Uh-huh. We didn't really forewarn you. No. And I guess we didn't see him on Monday. So we see him at the party Tuesday night. We're beers in. Joe, this is the Brits, and, you know, Ollie. And, like, four of them are named Ollie. Yeah. Which, which I, I think yeah, everybody's yeah, right? named Ollie. A- except Will. Yeah. Right? He's, he's the king of the Brits. Maybe that's his middle name. And <laughs> it might be. <laughs> and literally, we didn't know this guy, or you didn't know this guy 10 minutes. And the conversation is going, and all of a sudden you're talking back to him I in know. a British accent. It's, it's hard not to do that when you sit there. It's, it's, uh, I wish I could talk like that on a regular basis. But you were doing it. I don't think to be funny. You were just responding <laughs> to him, hey, talking to him. Can I get you another beer? <laughs> oh, forgive me. I forgot my Texan. <laughs> Yeah, but the, I mean, it was just like all of a sudden, like you just adapted. Well, you were like, like, like you felt to. the need to, yes. to talk back to him like this, but you weren't trying. You weren't, you, you know, it just, it just blurted out. Like my wife, as she starts <laughs> drinking, her Spanish gets a lot better. You, <laughs> you were drinking, and all of a sudden, your British accent was coming out well, that you I, didn't know you had. I wasn't sure he understood what I was saying. So yeah, I put you in think a this guy accent. doesn't understand English? <laughs> the guy from England doesn't understand English. What did he say about throwing out some octopuses? And what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. He's, <laughs> I'm going to throw out some octopi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Woo. You all right? I'm good, man. Good. Having a great time. So when Shereen Williams stops by in about 15 minutes, uh huh, are you going to use your English accent? No, I'll have to revert back to Texan <laughs> because you know Shereen is, is she's got a Texas accent. So I'll uh, I'll just go back to my natural tone. <laughs> Draw. Natural tone. <laughs> like all of a sudden your voice has turned into skin color. <laughs> Gobbler's knob. <laughs> oh man we'll try to class this thing up you know that's it fred on uh youtube says uh we're gonna try hump day in an english accent oh <laughs> dude that's gonna go over good tomorrow <laughs> will you do it of course i don't think you should i'm doing it well pledge play tape oh uh, you know what we do <laughs> we get will over here to do it with you that'd be great yes yes yeah that'll be tomorrow all right here on at the blitz <laughs> Joe Reinagle. And for the third time in seven seasons, the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Menix. Our AA Best Bail Bonds radio row coverage from Las Vegas continues. Brought to you by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. And one of the great things, all the people that you get to see on Radio Row. Like we talk with Shereen Williams every week. But when Mother Football sits down at your table, yes. you, you know uh, you are in for a treat. Shereen Williams, good to see you in person. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to have you. 
have you here. Thank you guys, as usual. Nice yeah. to be in person. <laughs> it is. Exactly. Now, I want so many things to talk with you about, uh, especially with the Cowboys and a defense coordinator. But I want to talk about last night. And we, we were saying this earlier. I've been to a lot of opening nights. It's been a long time since they've done it at the actual game stadium. But last night was just a, kind of a bleep show. What were your thoughts of, of last night? I did not even make it through all of the first one because it, you couldn't hear. You couldn't find. I was looking for Kadarius Tony, as you guys know, because I ran into you and could never find Kadarius Tony. So I came back to the hotel. I'm staying here at the Mandalay Base. So I walked back and got here. And I'll be doggone. I'll walk in, and he's on uh, NFL Network. So that was my quote-unquote interview with Kadarius Tony was on NFL Network. So, yeah, it... You didn't I make say, it up to the 300 level for the uh, food? Uh, I did go up there. I did not eat, but I did go up there and work after the commissioner's press conference. I did that and then went up there and rode a little bit. But, yeah, you know, every year I say I'm not going. I think that was my 29th opening. I, I said last year I wasn't going to go this year, and I ended up staying after the commissioner's press conference. I'm not going next year. I'm going to say that right now. I'm not going <laughs> we'll next year. We'll see you year. next year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, New Orleans. We were talking right. about that after the deal, too. I've got to ask you before we get into the Cowboys and their defensive coordinator stuff. The commissioner yesterday addressing everybody, I mean, he's got this emphasis on gambling. Yeah. Obviously, we're here in Las Vegas. We read a report today that there's been 20-something either personnel or players. Yeah, yeah. So why is the commissioner harping on that so so much? Well, I think that was the biggest issue that we went into the press conference yesterday. And I asked one of the questions that was asked. I read his words back to him from 2012 when he said, "Every I'm paraphrasing now, but every fumble, every penalty, everything that happens is if gambling comes into the sport, that all of that's going to be questioned and there's going to be suspicion about point shaving or fixing of games and you know that that's why they fought it so long and finally the supreme court obviously allowed uh state to state gambling which which was six years ago i think it was now and so now obviously the nfl is embracing gambling Mm -hmm. and so you do have those fears of our games fix are the are is there going to be point shaving and now you've had uh, 13 players suspended for gambling violations. So I just think it's a big deal. I think it's the biggest deal probably that the NFL faces right now. That and concussions um, are the two, are the two big issues that this league has. And, and this league doesn't have many issues. Obviously, they keep raking in the money. But I think those are two really big ones that they're going to have to deal with. And, you know, this year, I mean, you've, you've got all of that. And then globally, and we were talking with our friend Will Gavin from Talk Sport about how big the NFL obviously is in the U.K. There's going to be a Friday night game to open the season with the Philadelphia Eagles. On Look Peacock, at, by the way. On, on Peacock. <laughs> nice plug. Streaming only? Yeah. Um, I, but you, you uh, Friday nights are sacred for me for high school yeah. football, so I'm mad at that. But the Cowboys this year... Two of their road opponents have international games. Do you think Dallas will end up being the visiting team on one of those trips? Well, okay, first it's the, it's the only Friday that, that they can do a game um, at that point in the season, and Labor Day has to fall just right for them to be able to do a Friday game on that Friday. So this isn't going to be like an every-year deal, okay. um, but it is a, a one the thing they're going to do this year. But they can't do the Black Friday because that's deep enough into the season that they don't have all those restrictions that are put in place. So 
this isn't going to turn into something that's every single year, at least not for right now. Um, but, yes, I think there is a chance that the Cowboys would be an opponent. However, those teams that have those games, the Eagles, for instance, are going to fight to have the Cowboys as a home game, first of all, for home field advantage. But second of all, because of the fan interest in the Cowboys coming in, everybody wants to host the Cowboys at their home stadium. They don't want to host them somewhere else. But if you start looking at the Eagles' opponents – a lot of those teams, Carolina, for instance, already has a, a, a game away. I think Jackson. I think they play Jacksonville. Jacksonville already has one. So you start eliminating those teams that they're not going to make make them do that twice. And you start going. That list is really small about who could could be in those games. But yeah, I think there's a, a chance that the Cowboys will be in one of those games. Serena, I've got, well, I've got to ask you. Uh, we're talking about this subject. The Eagles are going to lose a home game. Yeah. Does the NFL compensate them for that? Well, I mean, the, the lure for the, every team is supposed to have to do it, and the lure is, hey, if you do it, that's what you exchange for the right to host a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones has been adamant, including recently adamant, that the Cowboys are not giving up a home game. Now, it may be the, the NFL stepping in to say, yes, you are. This is how it's going to be, but that's what it's going to take because Jerry's not going to voluntarily do it. Even He said even if it would include a Super Bowl, he's not going to do it. You think about it, the Cowboys are going to make more from a regular season home game than they would make from a Super Bowl, Yeah, you know, with the, the, the money being split. So he doesn't want to give up that home game and all that money. At some point, the NFL is probably going to s- step in and say, hey, you're the only team in the NFL that hadn't given up a home game. You're going to give up a home game. Sorry. That's why they went to this format of 17 games so that you have the night. You're still going to be guaranteed the eight home games the regular season, and you're giving up that ninth home game. But he doesn't want to do it. I get why he doesn't want to do it, and it's going to take the NFL stepping in to make them do it if they're ever going to have to do that. Now, I know Jerry doesn't want a horse trade for a Super Bowl, but he did say at the FIFA press conference the other day that he wants another Super Bowl in North Texas. Oh, there's no question. Absolutely, 100%. Joe, you were asking what do the Eagles get out of it. I mean, they're not going to get a Super Bowl. So it's just... They're giving up a home game to go play in Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're not they're not one of those. But for the Cowboys to get into the Super Bowl, I think they're going to have to give up, to your point, going to have to give up a home game to get that. I find it interesting, and especially because usually Jerry gets what Jerry wants for yeah. the most part, right, when it comes to yeah. the NFL. Uh, this whole defensive coordinator thing. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're hearing I, today for the first time that I have was an internal candidate was interviewed. But most of the time, it's Mike Zimmer, Ron Rivera. Why those two guys? Well, I think they're available and willing. (laughs) Um, And they were both, you know, really good defensive coordinators. I mean, forget the head coach part. But when they've been the defensive coordinator and the head coach, and Rivera has done that longer than than Zimmer has, but Zimmer has 10 top 10 finishes in yards, 10 top 10 finishes in points. Rivera has 10 top finishes in yards and seven, I think it is, top finishes uh, in points. So they've been very good defensive coordinators, which is why they got chances as as head coaches in the NFL. 
Uh, Zimmer, to me, makes the most sense because he's been with the Cowboys. He knows the Cowboys. They know him. They're very comfortable with him. I don't know how much Mike McCarthy knows him and how comfortable he is with him. But I know Jerry and Steven are are very, very comfortable with, with Mike Zimmer. But, you know, when you're a lame duck head coach, which is what Mike McCarthy is, regardless of how the last three seasons have gone in the regular season with 36 wins over that span uh it's going to be hard to hire a really good defensive coordinator if they have other opportunities because they're going to want to go somewhere where they can know they're going to stay for more than a year that they're not going to have to take now the fortunate thing about the cowboys job which is why i thought mike frabel and maybe brandon staley and maybe some others would be interested is if they have eight games in ten games in they're struggling that guy may be the interim head coach yeah. and have an opportunity to become the full-time head coach. Now, I don't think, having said all that, I don't think they're going to struggle next year in the regular season. But if they do, that gives you an opportunity. Or at, at the end of the season, if they decide to move on from Mike McCarthy, I think that defense coordinator would have, he would at least get an interview for the head coaching job. So that, to me, is what makes it more attractive than, hey, you know, let's go work for the Cowboys. It may only be a one-year deal, but... You may have an opportunity to interview for the head coaching job. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk joining us here live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. The fact that it's Tuesday of Super Bowl week, the Cowboys don't have a defensive coordinator, I find baffling to a degree of they knew Dan Quinn was interviewing. They knew he was likely to leave. Some people thought after the Green Bay game, maybe if he doesn't get one of those head coaching jobs, we need to change anyway. And... They don't seem to have had a plan in place. Um, am I reading that room wrong on that? Or it's like all of a sudden you, you're hearing these guys, Joe Witt Jr., we're going to interview him at, at 9 o'clock on Monday. He takes the job Sunday night. If you thought he could be the guy, um, as soon as Dan Quinn was going for that second interview, hey, if this happens, this is yours, right? I mean, I, well, I, I just, like, like they, they didn't have a plan. Well, they could not have done that because they have to comply with the Rooney Rule, ah. which you have to have a minority candidate from externally interview for the job, which now is Ron Rivera, so they are now free to hire a defensive coordinator. So they couldn't have just handed it, even though he is a minority candidate, it, it has to be external, and it has to be in person. So they ha- would still would have had to have flown in. Now, they could have made the under-the-table agreement, hey, we want you as our defensive coordinator, you know, you'll have a chance at the head coaching job if you stay, you know, whatever the case may be to try to, if that was really your choice, you, there are some things you could have done t- to have assured that that would happen. Did the Patriots but do that, though, Shereen? They did not have to because, you're talking about from Mayo. Yeah. They didn't have to because they put it in his contract. Okay. So, for instance, if, I, I'm just throwing, this is hypothetical, sure. okay? Cowboys decide, not only do we want Mike Zimmer as our defense coordinator, but hey, we it would have been, let's say Dan Quinn. Let's say Dan Quinn last year, they decide, hey, Dan, we, we you know, we want you to turn down these head coaching jobs. We want you to come back. Not only do we are we going to give you a raise as defensive coordinator, but we're going to put in your contract that you're going to be our next head coach. Okay? If they had done that and they decided to fi- fire Dan Quinn, uh, to fire Mike McCarthy after the season, they could have just then gone, hey, Dan Quinn's our new head coach. Welcome. Here it is. Blah, blah, blah. And, you, and then you don't have to comply. And you don't have to comply. That's the only thing. And it has to be done before the start of the season. Okay. You have to put that within the contract. You don't have to, you have to tell, obviously, the Players Association and the NFL, turn that contract in that this is what we intend to do. Now, somebody said, 
the question was posed, what if the Patriots had reneged on that and said, we really don't want him as our head coach, you know, which after Quinn, after you saw the playoff game, maybe if that was in his contract, you said, yeah, we really don't want him as our head coach. Like, could they have done that? And I assume they could have just said, we're paying you, here's money, go away, bye, you know, we're not – we're not making you our head coach. Yeah. But that is the one exception to the Rooney rule gotcha. that there is. Gotcha. And, and actually, um, it was uh, Goodell was asked that question yesterday about whether he had a fear that teams would start doing that so they didn't have to comply with the Rooney rule. And he said, this is a one-off thing. We really don't think it's, it's a problem. But be. you also can do that with the GM. You can do the same thing with oh, the GM. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. going to be right. interesting to see how it all plays out. Serena, I know it's Super Bowl week, and the NFL generally doesn't like big hires during Super Bowl Absolutely. week to take away from the game. Will Jerry comply with that rule? No. No. <laughs> I, I think they have, I think in the next couple of days, they have a defensive coordinator. I, I think it's going to be Mike Zimmer. Like, this is not inside information. I'm telling you that. I think, I just, my gut tells me that it's going to be Mike Zimmer. Just the familiarity that they have with him, you know. But I, I, I don't – I think either one of those – really any of the three hires, I think, is, is good for the Cowboys. Who, I think who's the third be, guy that – do you know? I, the, well, the internal candidate yeah. is, is Dirt. Okay, Dirt. okay, gotcha. Yeah. I, and, and I think he, he would be fine, but I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be either Ron Rivera or Mike Zimmer. My gut tells me it's Mike Zimmer just – He's been there before. He knows the Cowboys. They know him. Again, how much is it Mike McCarthy's hire, and how much of it is Jerry Jones' yeah. hire? Uh, 99 so, to 1, Jerry. And if it's Jerry Jones's hire, it's, it's going to be Mike Zimmer because they have that great relationship. I mean, it's not even going to be a question. If it's Mike McCarthy's hire and he has a bigger say, then, then maybe there's a, a chance that it's Ron Rivera instead of Interesting stuff. And, 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 and neither Rivera or Zimmer seems to be exciting the fan base. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I, I just I, – I think they're both really good defensive – you have to throw – get rid of the – like there are coaches out there who are really good coordinators who just didn't work out as head coaches. Wade Phillips was one. Mm-hmm. Wade Phillips was a great defensive coordinator. He was a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator in his time. And you think about what he did with the Cowboys with that defense – Fantastically, he's good. Not a good hit coach, and there are just guys like that who are good coordinators and just aren't good head coaches. And you see them all around the NFL right now. Guys who return to the NFL as coordinators mm-hmm. who weren't good. Head, Vance Joseph is another one. I think yeah. he's a fantastic defense coordinator, not a good head coach. So Raheem Morris is now getting his second chance, and we'll see if he's really a good head coach. But I, I think both of those guys are really good defensive coordinators. I always learn a lot when you're here. Always. Mother football. <laughs> yes. Shereen Williams. Follow her on Twitter at NFL Shereen. I know it's a, it's a busy night for you. you got multiple events that you've got to decide between. So we'll see you at the media party later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Good Shereen. stuff. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. Always fun catching up in person, which we get to do here on Radio Row as we continue from here. Although we've got stuff to give away right now. Oh, wow. Absolutely. You want to go see Hunter Hayes at the Aztec Theater on April 20th? We've got a pair of tickets to give away. How about that? He's playing uh, the Aztec on 420. Uh, 
win a pair of tickets right now. You know, later we're giving away Creed tickets. They're a little bit higher. Creed. Yeah, Creed, but they're a little bit higher. Right of course now, they are. Uh, on 420, you can go see Hunter Hayes. Just be caller number 9-210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Super Bowl 58 in Vegas is set. It's the Chiefs and Niners. Hear it right here on your exclusive home for the Super Bowl. 94-1 San Antonio's Sports Star. In Las Vegas, our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage. Brought to you apart by Synergenics and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix. Got to admit, man. This is the this is uh, one of the cool things about being on Radio Road. Different people that walk around uh-huh. and, and being in Vegas. Carrot Top just walked by, dude. Carrot Top looks like he just woke up. He looks like it, and not only that, he had a rough night. Well, he always does. Holy cow! All right, so here's the thing: is our great on-site producer Erica Minix went over to Carrot Top to try to get him on the show. He will be on the show. Um, at some point tomorrow, maybe Thursday. Yeah, we're, we're confirmed. Yeah. She's she's negotiating times as we're talking with his handler, and uh, but we're going to get Carrot Top on. Here's the thing: I don't want to talk to Carrot Top about anything other than that crazy lady on the airplane in Dallas because he was on that flight. Remember that 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 lady that freaked out where she yes. was like, "That guy isn't real," and I think she was talking about Carrot Top. And now that I'm five feet from him, she's 100 percent right. I think she's absolutely yes. right. I mean, this dude is. <laughs> He's sitting over there eating wings, is which he, is not a bad thing. I mean, I'm, yeah. Wait a minute. He's eating wings. Yes. So he could have come over right could've, now. But it, he's it's pulling like, a diplo. It's on like us. the damn diplo. He's pulling the wanted diplo. nuggets. Wow. Got, got to admit though, that's carrot top. <laughs> well, I, I really just want to know about being on that plane with crazy lady. Now, by the way, just in case you're wondering, Carrot Top is actually performing at one of the resort casinos Yeah, here. I think he has a standing gig at Excalibur. Is it Excalibur? I think it is. I could be wrong, but, well, I'm not I, but sure I think either. it is. I mean, all the billboards that you normally see yeah. have changed. Like, you think about, is it the, uh, not the Excalibur, um, the Luxor, right? Yeah. Right now is a big-ass Dorito chip. Uh, well, that and a, a beer logo on the other side. Yeah. So but, they're, they're making money any yeah. way they can. So the ad for a show is no longer there because right. Dorito has put a chip. It, actually, it's a perfect endorsement, right? Oh, it's great because it looks like a Dorito. <laughs> I never thought about it that yeah, way until right? I saw it exactly. that way. You know, that, that's, the way it, that's the way it works out. Dude, I... <laughs> Quit staring, man. Well, I can't help it. I'm fascinated. <laughs> the, well, you're like, watching the man eat wings, man. Well, That's no, just weird. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm look, I, you think he owns a brush? <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's a question i got to ask. Dude's made a ton of money well, not combing cr- his hair. Well, then brush a damn brush your well, hair. Well, I mean, then he wouldn't be carrot top. Well, sure he would. His, uh, I mean, his hair's orange. I think that's more <laughs> carrot top than a must-up hairdo. <laughs> We're going to have to fire our on-site producer. They book it for tomorrow or Thursday when he's just wings. over there eating wings. That he could have yeah. eaten wings here and done the and interview. Literally, that would have been a better that interview. That would have been fine. Because I still haven't eaten all my wings from lunch. Well, that's a shame. Well, I've been working. I managed to squeeze mine in. Well, all right. When all the technical stuff was going uh-huh. wrong, you had plenty of time to eat wings. Exactly right, brother. <laughs> While we were trying to figure out. I don't do technical. Uh, yeah, no. No, you don't. <laughs> So it yeah. either works or it doesn't. 
I mean, you know what I did get today, though? What? On the phone with grumpy-ass Greg Shelton. Uh-huh. All right, do this, do that. <laughs> and he said, oh, this is all my fault. I didn't do the configuration no right. That is, that's a first. That, that was a first, an admission of, uh-oh, you're screwed. It's my fault. Let me figure this wow. out. And then when we got down to it, he actually did set up everything right. It was something else. But the initial thought was he screwed up and actually admitted it. Wow, I can't believe that. Uh, no, it was, it, was a, it was a moment in time that we will have to put on the calendar and celebrate on, a, on an annual, annual basis. What is today, February 6th? Uh, I have no idea. That will forever be known as Greg Shelton Day. Uh, but you know what? In his defense... It wasn't his fault after all. Yeah, but he took the blame for it, so it is like, his fault. Like initially, it was this, it was that. Oh, man. Because he started thinking that I send you a unit that I didn't configure right for what you guys were going to. <laughs> but he immediately was like, oh, man, that's my fault. Wow. Whoa, whoa who am I talking to? Yeah, this, those, um, are, those are words you don't hear. No, never. Never. It's like your wife admitting she was wrong. Yeah. Never. Now, I uh, just saw that dude there with the hoodie on that says carrot top on the back. Yeah. Pointing over here in this direction. I wonder what that means. Well, they're trying to figure out where You don't think they heard me with the brush comment, Probably. <laughs> you know, we're canceled. I don't, I don't really have an inside voice. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's like uh, it, it's kinda, it carries a little bit. I'll, I'll be happy to give them one of mine. Dude, your brush? I, I got a few. Um, I, I'm not sure about that, although I will say this. Neighbor Hal... Just sent me a text uh-huh. that they saw Carrot Top in Vegas like seven years ago, and he's brilliant. Really? Yes. Brilliant? Brilliant. In what way? I, dude, call Hal and ask him. Hal, we got to talk, I buddy. mean, think about that. If Hal is saying he is brilliant. Brilliant. That is the highest level of compliment that a guy like Hal brilliant. could give. Brilliant. I don't put those two things together. I, I, I'm just saying. Carrot Top. All I want to do is brilliant. ask what it was like on the plane with that lady. So this dude's now, he's 58 years old. That dude's you know that? Yeah. 58? According to... Uh, he looks 98. The Google team. <laughs> Vegas years. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Huh. Good stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. He is at the Luxor. That's now. what I said. Is that what you said? Or maybe I, I said Excalibur. Excalibur. It's yeah, the yeah. same thing. No, it's really it's, not. It's, it's a, it's a yeah, the Excalibur is yeah, like a His career hasn't fallen now. to the part where he's performing at the Excalibur. He's still at the Luxor. Is there a difference? I think the Luxor's a little higher than the Excalibur. I, I would I mean, just say. Uh, uh, look. I stayed but, at the Luxor once. Uh, well, uh, many years ago. I remember hearing, like, during the tournament or whatever, um... The you know it's one of those hotels where if you throw up on the floor nobody's going to notice or give a damn. <laughs> yeah, you know, remember well, that's the, the Excalibur, right? I think the Luxor's in that is category, that in that right? Category? I think it's in that same category. Holy when you can cow. stay for under a hundred bucks a night. Well, we'll. Uh, is the El Cortez like that? Oh, that's high class. It's high class. <laughs> I can't wait to get a beer out of an ice chest. Dude, I'll feel right at home. You are going to have so much fun. Like, Joe's Mr. Vegas, and then I realized this guy doesn't know jack squat. Dude, I don't need to know. know. You don't know crap about what, Las Vegas. What do I want to know about Las Vegas Dude. other than I can walk into a building and gamble? No, that, that's Get it. drunk no, uh, and go up to and sleep. I'm I'm with you, man, but look, I mean, you, you, you have progressed in your life to where... 
you know, you're Bellagio or I'm not nothing a tourist, else. dude. I'm not a tourist. No, but uh, but again, I, I look at what you're doing, and it's just like, like you know, the fact that you'd never been in Harris before. You didn't know where the link was. You hadn't been in there. Like, you are a sheltered Vegas type. This weekend, you are, uh, this week, you are going to learn a lot about this city that you did not know existed. And probably will forget about by the time the next morning comes. No. Dude, no, I, I'm just telling I, I you. Think I've been to a lot of places here. I stayed at Flamingo Hilton when I first started coming here. I've been to the Paris, Caesar's Palace, the Bellagio, the one next to what's the one next to the. Uh, anyway, yeah, that one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Several, several. Uh-huh. I, the fact that I've never the only one I really care about because look, Harrow's was nice. The piano bar. Yeah. The link. Okay. Nice. It's all right. No, I'm not staying there. Well, but you can gamble it, there. Right. Well, you can gamble a lot of places. Gamble at Lucky's right by our house. Yeah, but you need a tetanus shot. Jeez, I don't know what you need in there. <laughs> a tetanus shot. I think uh, Schwampy was in there last night. I he, don't... Di- he disappeared for a while. Dude, Schwampy <laughs> had a rough day yesterday. And, and he's had a good day today, but kind of rough because he spent four hours in a dentist chair. <laughs> Don't go starting stories about how he broke a tooth at some place. That didn't happen. He broke his tooth on a French fry from Nathan's Hot Dogs. That's the story he says. That's what he said. No, I actually saw the tooth. Well, he, which was, he kept which was showing sad. it. Yes. He kept showing it. Yeah. No, I don't no, want to see uh, it. No, you still have it? What, are you going to put it, it on it a keychain or what? Keep it, <laughs> keep it in your pocket. Oh, that's keep a great it, idea, Jim. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea, Jim. In your pocket. I mean, it's like when Rob broke his toe and wanted us all to look at it. Nobody Dude, needs to see that. He didn't have to. He didn't. It was bleed. He'd take off his sock and it was red. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't need to see the toe or the photos of the toe. You know, so far. We got breaking, breaking news. news. What do we got, Pledge? Houston Astros have extended all-star second baseman Jose Altuve on a five-year, $125 million deal. Ooh, good, good for, for Jose, Jose Altuve. Pitchers and catchers report soon. Ah, uh, don't be <laughs> jealous, man. Mr. <laughs> Two Rings, good to go. It is the Blitz here live on Radio Row in Las Vegas. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage brought to you in part by Southern Recipe, Small Batch Pork Rinds, and Synergenics. Hey, that's Creed. That is Creed, but there's two middle fingers going back to one James Pledger for doing this. It is the Blitz here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinegel. I'm Jason Menix. In Las Vegas, our AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage continues. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds and our friends at Synergenics. Go to their website, fixmylowtea.com. You heard Creed instead of Metallica because Pledge wants me to give away Creed tickets. But you <laughs> never play Creed instead of Metallica. It's in the rule book. A penalty, 15-yard, unsportsmanlike on James Pledger. But you benefit. If you're caller 19 right now, you're going to win yourself tickets to go see See Creed. Are you sure Creed, not Metallica? 656-ESPN, 656-3776. If you want to go see Creed, caller 19. This is for their show. 
on November 15th at the Moody Center in Austin. Not the San Antonio show, but they've added a, a uh, concert. Tickets go on sale this week at LiveNation.com. But if you want to go see Creed in Austin, November 15th at the Moody Center, caller 19 right now. Those tickets are yours. 210-656-3776. 656-ESPN. Again, caller 19. Wow, you just penalized Pledge 19 yards. It goes both ways, my friends. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor Pledge. We should take them all on the air, too, just to make sure we get to. <laughs> cool, I'll get 19. to the doctor in extra innings. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a possibility. Just get to caller 19 and get the doc on the phone. <laughs> I, I, I had planned, just for the record, James, I know you're busy, but giving away those tickets right now. That was that was that was in the plan. Was I, it? I didn't need to hear higher. I teased it earlier. I'm just saying the other was dudes it? playing on 420, and they were going to have higher. I wasn't going to forget. Well, I'm not distracted by Carrot Top or other things that are on Radio Row right now. Dude, I, Carrot I, Top I, looks like you walked in from a, the street. I, I mean, again, the song was called Higher. Oh, I, I mean, you you look at it. It's and he did literally. Everybody walks in here from the street. It's like the only way to get here. <laughs> I mean, is, from sleeping is, on the street is, is street access. I mean, the whole there's thing no could... other. There's no other way to get here. He walked right he didn't by come here. come through the roof. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. I, I guess that's all his shtick. Yes. Right? Well, it's a lifestyle. Can I just say this between you and me? Sure. I'm happy he was over there because it looked like he stinks. <laughs> How does somebody look like they stink? Dude. I mean. I mean, it happens, right? Dirty. Well, he can't be dirty. Well, it looked like because it. he came in to get in here. So uh, the way the security is set up here at the uh, at the convention center that we're in at Mandalay Bay, they've got a dirty area and a clean area. Uh huh. And for you to get into here, you have to go through the clean area, which means go through security. Right. But there's no shower or soap involved. I, I mean, I think some people might get hosed down. Well, <laughs> I know one guy that didn't. He's, he's, he's might be the most famous guy in the room right now. I don't know about he that. He literally might be the most famous guy in the room right now. I'm not. I, well, I don't know about that. I don't know who else is here. It's a big room and a lot of people. It, it, uh, uh, there are a lot of well-known people in this room right now. But I can honestly tell you that Carrot Top is probably the most famous guy in the room right now. So, and and this is a sincere question. Here we go. People that were born, say, I don't know, 1990 and above. Do you think they know who the hell Carrot Top is? Yes. They do. I think he's that famous of a guy. I don't think so, dude, because he kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, I mean, he, he might have. I don't know that he's disappeared because he's literally right over there. Although there was a lady on a plane that he was on that thought, that guy is not real. There you go. And I totally understand what she is saying at this point. I get it, too. I'm just curious. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitter or, you know, that you can watch on Twitter. But uh, do you know who the hell Carrot Top is? I want to know. All right, Ryan, put up a poll. How old is Hal? Hal? I don't know. 30s? Oh, he's older than that. He's older than he that. Is, he, is much, he is much older 50s. than that. You know, much older than that. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's an old guy. Yeah, well, he's not. I don't think he's as old as you. There's not many people well, that not are. Not many people are. But Except Spence. Well, Spence, yeah. <laughs> I look a hell of a lot better than Spence, so I'll tell you that. <laughs> 
Well, he's had a rough day, though. <laughs> oh, look at that! <laughs> he keeps reaching into his pockets and he pulls out birds. <laughs> birds. That's what they did in the fifth grade back wherever he's from. <laughs> Boom. Spence is having a good time. Boom. Oh, now he's winding it up like a, 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 a this guy. Got them all. See, here, here's the thing. We're in yeah. Vegas. There's all kinds of illusions and magic you shows. Do the other one? Can you read between the lines? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, Tim is reaching into his bag of tricks from the fifth grade uh, talent show. Yes. I mean, he, he's got them all there since he's in Vegas. I mean, yes. he might make money on Fremont Street doing that here in a bit. <laughs> it, it's possible. Doing magic shows. You know, oh. you're down there, oh, you can take pictures with the old people. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, yeah. Tim's going to do that later. He probably He's got to pay for an emergency dental visit. Or hold up a sign. Exactly. Yeah. Pledge, what were you trying to say? Oh, all right. Let's do our injury update. Powered by the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics and Spine Online at TSAOG.com. Dr. Eloy Ochoa joining us now. And, Doc, uh, we're in Vegas on, on Radio Row as you were catching part of that segment. One of the guys traveling with us broke a tooth yesterday. I know that's not your specialty, but we encouraged him, and he did go to the dentist as opposed to not getting it fixed until he gets home. If he would not have fixed his tooth right away, what kind of crazy infection would he have been dealing with? And by I, when I say that, what kind of weird whining would we have had to deal with since we're all sharing an Airbnb? Uh, I think the whining is what you would have had to, or maybe even whistling while he's sleeping. That might be the worst problem you would have been dealing with. But uh, yeah, well, we're not sharing a room. And... <laughs> well, let me tell you, Doc, with the five of us, there's plenty of whining anyway without any losing teeth. Yeah. It yeah. happens. Now, <laughs> now, some, now, something that might be in your, in your specialty that isn't really, but the layout here... Well, you know, Las Vegas is known for moving people. And I don't know who they hired to design how we get in and out of the convention center space. But yesterday, according to Joe's watch, we had like 26,000 steps, six and a half miles. So you got a bunch of dudes that aren't in any kind of walking shape, walking that kind of craziness yesterday. And all of us today are complaining about you know legs uh what did you joe's couldn't feel his legs and you know rob thompson so you know there was lots of issues there uh feet hurt things hurt that don't normally hurt because we've exercised in ways that we don't normally do yeah stressing you out and also probably walking on that hard concrete you know uh, you're setting yourself up for some for some stress fractures for sure stress fractures well and bad knees doc i mean that's that's a problem too right yeah. yeah, yeah, it can flare up. <laughs> See, we're getting those from the doc either. Right. Yeah, I mean, those yeah. are all possibilities. Yeah, but, yeah none but of our wives gave uh, us any sympathy, and we're not getting it from the doc. No. Yeah. All right. Let's talk no. bill injuries. One of the biggest. You know, yeah. One of one of the one of the biggest for the uh, Super Bowl. Joe Thune, a guard for the Kansas City Chiefs, dealing with a significant pectoral injury. Um, they're not sure if he's going to practice this week. At least that's not what they're telling us. Although, and he's never been in a situation like this, but they're saying he might try to give it a go during the Super Bowl on Sunday. You're talking an offensive lineman with a pectoral injury. If he is able to go, 
knowing an offensive lineman and the way they've got to use their arms, if he's dealing with a pec injury, how effective can the Chiefs legitimately think he'll be able to be? Yeah, it's really, you know, not very is the short answer to that. Because if, if it is truly torn, you could try to give it a go. Um, but typically, you know, within those first few weeks of that injury, it, there's so much discomfort there. Um, and it's hard to test that until you're, you know, playing full speed and somebody's kind of moving quickly and trying to hold them into a certain position. You know, you just, it, it's it's really hard to believe that that's going gonna, gonna to work out now. The other possibility is that it was just strained and it's not completely torn, in which case you may be a little bit more effective, but also at risk of, of injuring it further. But it is the Super Bowl, and so those, you know, you never, may never be there again in his career, so I can see why they're being as aggressive as they are. Doc, another uh, big injury news today is that Joel Embiid had a knee procedure, is all it says here. He's going to be out at least four weeks. At least they're going to uh, check him in four weeks for it's a presumed meniscus. Assuming it's that, mm-hmm. would, would he be ready to go in four weeks? Well, that's the good news is that they projected four weeks um, for reassessment, and that means that they very likely, if they saw a meniscus tear, they'd they kind of clipped off the torn piece or, or removed part of the meniscus but didn't repair it. If they had repaired the meniscus tear, that you're talking four months. Um, similar to what happened to Westbrook in the playoffs a few years ago. He was kind of out for the rest of the season. So um, that's a good sign that they, they either didn't find the tear they thought or the tear was the type that just had to clip out a small piece of the meniscus, in which case he could potentially bounce back in that time frame. Dr. Eloy Ochoa joining us here on the Blitz for our injury update. Powered by the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics and Spine. You talk about other injuries. Uh, Zach Levine undergoing a season-ending foot surgery. He was talked about in a lot of different trade rumors. Obviously, nobody's going to trade for him now. I know some people really wanted him to be with the with the Spurs. What overall impact, not this year, but future years for Zach Levine, if he's having foot surgery, could he be dealing with? It's hard to say um, because it's, I'm not exactly sure what part of the foot they're operating on. There's some that are have a little bit poor prognosis and longer-term ramifications. Uh, the One of the middle of the foot called a Liz Frank injury, that can be a little bit more problematic. They did make a big deal that this is his third surgery, but it's not his third surgery in the same body part. The other two surgeries were for his knee and are pretty typical. So, you know, I wouldn't say it rules him out. or that, You know, it really has to do with, with what what the actual surgery is for. Good stuff, Dr. Eloy Ochoa. Appreciate you putting up with us here in Vegas <laughs> and, and the Insight. Good stuff as always. <laughs> All right, go, go, uh, go have a good time this evening. Maybe you can work on that knee pain, one of those pubs or yeah, yeah, yeah yes, exactly. We'll, yes. we'll add to the injury uh, <laughs> report. The injury update powered by the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics and Spine online at TSAOG.com. Of course, Dr. Ochoa and all our guests joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at BuyersBarricades.com. For us, we got the big media party. Uh, hopefully the morning huddle will do more than cuddle tomorrow morning. Mort and the professor. At 4 a.m. Vegas time tomorrow, 6 to 10, they're in at San Antonio. (laughs) Another fun day, man. And it was only day two. 
and it's only going to get better.